0: it is it can be difficult because i know that i'm not taken nearly as seriously as as men who have been in the business even not as long as me like i've i've been doing this for 6 years and i get guys who have been doing it for like 6 months and they they treat me like i don't know anything and that that can really suck
1: This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. So welcome to From the Ground Up. Wait, num- has it
2: started? There you we go. Burr, okay. what
3: number?
1: <laughs> welcome 43? to
2: From the Ground Up, I think
1: forty. You might be saying to yourself, Hey, you're eleven minutes late for the second week in a row. And I say um, <coughs> we yeah. just spilled beer pretty much all over almost the computer.
2: Yeah, we could. And <laughs> then
1: just technical, you know, technical. You'd be like saying to yourself, Hey, you're eleven yeah, minutes late.
2: Turn that off.
1: See, we messed something else up. But so we would need <sighs> to talk a little bit about the shirt I have on. Okay. So, ask me, Melissa, how many child laborers made this shirt?
2: Zero. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to ask you. Yeah, you shit. gotta ask me. <laughs> God. I it up. I
1: it up. How just many child me. laborers
0: went into making your shirt?
1: Um, point five. <laughs> there was one pregnant woman, but otherwise zero child laborers to make this shirt in a nice, cool environment. Powered by solar fucking energy. So, this is a poor city python shirt. We have some other shirts up there. Feel free to check them out. I would love you if you checked them out.
2: More yeah, than check them out. It. I would love them if they <laughs> bought them. No, check
1: them out like in the checkout.
2: Oh, in, in oh the, the cart, cart. Put it in your cart and check it out. And then check go to checkout. Out. Gotcha. And then put
1: in your payment information. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, your, and your shipping and information. And then we make and... like
1: 50 cents. So that would be sweet. <laughs> so anyway, today we have Sarah Moore from Sarah's Snake Shop. So Sarah, Hi. tell us a little bit of what you work with.
0: Uh, well, I mostly work with corn snakes. Um, I have a breeding colony of about 30 corn snakes, plus um, babies and yearlings that I'm raising up. Uh, and I also have a pair of boa constrictors, red tails, and um, a very small breeding colony of prairie king snakes. Uh, I've had a little bit of everything. I've had garter snakes, I've had different milks, different kingsnakes, different milk snakes. I've had, I've had everything, but um, the corn snakes are the things that I'm really passionate about. And then um, the king snakes, the prairie kings, and the boas are sort of, I just kind of had them. And I was like, they make cool pets, so I'm breeding everything else. Might as well breed them, too, I guess.
1: Sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to have those things that just sit there. and Then you're like, oh, maybe I should like put this to work and actually make more Do of these because I enjoy them. <laughs> so it is brumation time. Do you put them down in hard brum- brumation? Do you have nothing really going on right now but the boas?
0: Um, well, I usually start my broomating uh in like January because I mean it's 60 degrees outside today, you know. Right, I mean, like, it's, yeah,
2: great question. Where I'm, do you live?
0: <laughs> I am in uh, northeastern Indiana, okay. um, around the like Allen County Four Wayne area, um, and the weather is just super weird here. Uh, you would think that winter would start when you know you hit winter, but here it usually starts like three months after winter starts, which is very strange. So okay. um it's like sixty degrees out. It's not right now, but today, earlier today it was sixty degrees. So I really can't I can't get it any cooler than that in my house anywhere. Um but once it hits January, February, then it starts getting really cold. And so that's when I'll mate um I don't have the space currently to brewmate the entire corn snake collection but I'll probably brewmate the majority of my breeders especially my males so right now I'm still feeding everybody though
1: okay yeah I mean I do the same thing not everyone's going to be in there just because I have a finite amount of space so are you looking to get and keep that 55 degrees or do you let it swing are you particular about that
0: I I usually let it swing between 45 and 65, but if it gets above 65, that's like, that's, it's too high. I mean, you know, um, that's when their bodies are going to start burning energy and, uh, you know, energy that they're not getting and you can't really feed them because it's too cold. And so it's, it's, it's a really, it's susceptible to diseases at like above 65. So I usually, I try to keep it between 50 and 60. Um, but if it goes down to 45, I'm okay. If it hits 65, I'm okay.
2: But do try to keep it in the middle, yeah. Right. See here, it hit 75 yes. today. Yeah, mm. and
1: it's, it's like, it's just inevitable. I can't keep it in Texas. It's impossible to broom it. Like, I used to live in New York, so... I'd be able to keep that hard temperature all the time, fifty-five, because you're always heating because it never gets above fifty-five. You're always below. Right. But now I'm working with it gets forty-five at night and then seventy-five during the day, and it's like fuck, what do I do? It's cold at one point and then hot, and then I just kind of let it ride. And
2: but you've ar- well, <laughs> we've already started brew mating, even yeah. though it's still getting. To seventy five here.
1: Yeah. When will you take them out of brumation? You start January. When do you take them up or bring them up rather?
2: Uh,
0: If I start, I usually start mid January, and then probably March, March, late March. Yeah. Um, I'm really not. As long as they're down for at least six weeks, I don't mind. Uh, I think six weeks is a reasonable, like a reasonable time for the shortest amount of time for them to be down. So. Six to eight weeks after I put them down is when I bring them up. Whenever that is. I, I'm really not, I was just going to say, I'm really not um, a stickler on exactly when they go down and exactly when they come up. I mean, they're corn snakes. They, you know, I mean, out in the wild, they're not like, okay, on January 2nd, we're going to fall <laughs> asleep. And then on March 8th, we're going to wake up. Like, right. you know, that's not how nature works. So I just sort of wait until the weather uh, is good for them and so it's good for me and then once it starts warming up enough for them then i take them out
1: are you a gradual warm-up person or you just throw them back at the normal temperatures
0: i usually just throw them back at one temperature or the other um i'll, I'll usually i'll at least get one temperature gradient in between there i don't like to go obviously from 80 degrees to 40 degrees you know right. i mean that's but um you know if they're at 80 i'll usually take them down to like maybe 70 for a couple weeks and then go ahead and take them down to 65 50 somewhere in there yeah i mean that's
1: pretty much exactly what i do is i just cut out heat on my racks and then have them at regular room temperature which is usually like 70 so i think i do the same exact thing um what projects are you working with in particular with corns
3: um
0: well it kind of changes year to year because I am terrible at making decisions, and <laughs> I like to do a million things all at once, and then never end up doing any of them. So, uh, I my, my main project that's sort of always been there is uh, the Halo project with corn snakes. and I don't know if you guys have heard of that or not. It's um, it's not very, it's it's not common because I think I'm the only one who's working with it. Oh. Um. In 2011, I hatched a the first like what I call my original male, and he's a snow, and he has bright yellow saddle borders. So he's got the white background, pink saddles, and then, like, bright yellow borders around his saddles. And um, I showed him to a bunch of breeders, and nobody really could tell me anything about him or about why he had this coloration, the yellow borders. Um, But a couple of bigger breeders said, well, you might want to try to breed for that. That would be something to aim for Mm -hmm. because he looks really cool. Um, And then in 2014, I hatched, um, like, another three or four snows that all showed the same thing and they were completely unrelated. So I held back some of them. And obviously I have my original male and, um, then I bought a female from a friend of mine and she just happened to hatch one. Um, and so I kind of have this like breeding colony now that I'll eventually, I actually bred the first Halo to Halo, had the first Halo to Halo breeding this season and all of the babies ended up having the same coloration. So, um, it's really exciting for me because it, that, uh, original male came from my very first clutch of corn snakes. So it's really very, cool very to lucky. be able to, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool to be able to have this, um, really special line of, uh, of corn snakes that came from my very first clutch and I'll always have that, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: I think it's really cool that you have a very a unique project to yourself to where you can say like, oh, if there's a halo out there it probably came from you. Would you consider it like a lime bread polygenic thing or are you seeing any type of like co-dominance with it?
0: Um. Well, <laughs> this is the first year that I was able to produce uh, that I bred a halo to a halo. So I'm not 100 percent sure, but all the babies ended up being halo. So it could be like a recessive gene. It could be just a polygenic thing, a line bread thing. I'm honestly not sure. I think it's just going to take more breeding trials. And what's really strange to me is the weirdest places that it's popped up. Uh, it's popped up from parents that also showed the halo. Um, they'll just pass it on to their offspring. But Uh, The thing about it is you can't tell that a snake has it unless it also has the amelanistic gene. So a lot of snakes out there could have it, but you can't see it because the melanin is like covering Covering it up. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Oh, so even if you you're not only seeing them in snows, you may be seeing them in just regular amels as well.
0: Oh yeah, I've seen them in regular amels. I've seen them obviously in snows. I've seen them in blizzards. I've seen, I actually saw an opal once that had it, but I think it might have been a snowball. I'm not sure. Lavenders typically don't express any yellow, but I have also, I found that halo will be expressed regardless of what other genes are present. So even when you have like charcoal, which is supposed to sort of not have any yellow, um, I'm still seeing them in the charcoal amel combination, even with You know, like I said with the lavender, lavender is supposed to like sort of cancel out all yellow. But with the lavender amel, I'm still seeing them. And I just see them here and there once in a while. And um, they just sort of pop up randomly in other people's collections. But
2: that makes me want to go look through I want to go like (laughs) take ours out and like go look at all of them. (laughs) But it's so hard.
1: Corn snakes are so difficult to like. Because you know, as a baby, it's only you know showing a tiny bit Little of bit its of it. potential as mm-hmm. an adult. Can you tell, like, from babies that these have halo in them?
0: Um, not until they're about two to three months old, and that's that's even iffy. Um, I think the earliest I've ever seen any yellow come in was it probably six to eight weeks, uh, and usually. The, it really starts coming in at about three months old maybe four um, it's it really depends it depends on the baby I mean I've had some babies that it they look like regular old snows until they were almost a year old and all of a sudden yellow like just um, hmm. so I mean I can I since I have more of a trained eye usually I can see it sooner but sometimes it just it comes up later in life and you have no idea it takes you completely by surprise mm
1: mm-hmm. So did you sell them right off the bat? Like, did you name it and sell them right off the bat? Or did you keep a whole clutch back? Or did you let some go that you didn't even realize that you had let it Halos go? Or <laughs> how did it begin?
3: Uh,
0: I would say I've had a little bit of all of those things happen <laughs> where I, Um, like right now I have the clutch that I have held back until I'm sure that some of them actually show it and I'm slowly selling them off. I actually sold two of them this week, but they were only males. I'm keeping all the females. And, uh, there was a clutch that I hatched, uh, like three years ago or so where I hatched a male and a female that I knew would show the gene. (laughs) Yeah. Slow down. We don't want any cussing. in the Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I sold those two knowing full well what they were, but I traded them for, um, I actually traded them for another project that I wanted to get into. So it like, even though I was giving up a piece of my project, I was getting something that I really wanted also. Uh, and then of course I know that I had some in the past and just didn't know what they were and sold them until, you know, the new owners messaged me and they're like, Hey, this snow's getting super yellow. (laughs) I was like, crap, I should have kept that.
1: (laughs) yeah i think so, the bartering yeah. system is super underrated as far as you know hey i got this let's trade this neither of us will sell this but if we trade you know it's kind of even which is cool and i think you're kind of understating the halo thing because i saw one on your page that was like
2: pretty much all yellow i really want to see everyone crazy. in the chats or not everyone evan in the chat has been like oh i wish we could like sh- send pictures in the chats because i haven't seen it and i'm Imagining what it looks like, but I definitely want to go look at it
0: after like, this. Can I? Can I bring it up on my phone and like?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do
3: this? <laughs>
0: there's there's one that was super impressive that I hatched uh, in 2014, I think, and I kept her to into adulthood, but um, my cat got a hold of her, unfortunately, oh. and she did not make it. My cat is oh. my cat, is kind of an asshole. Pardon my French. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. and laughs>
2: if we said my French after every curse word. <laughs> pardon
0: my French. Uh, yeah. he Snake is his favorite snack. So I have to keep him on. Like he far actually away.
2: eats, not just like plays with them.
0: Yeah, he actually eats right. them. Right. He will kill and eat uh, them. Like cats I never are find savages.
2: Their
1: That's
0: Whoa. a fan. It's It's really bad. So.
1: Are you in tubs mm-hmm. and did you just leave a tub open or did the cat open up a tub or get into it? A-
0: um, He, he got into the tub. He, I used to actually live in, I used to live in an apartment where it was really small and I didn't really have much storage space. And um, the only storage space that I had for the snakes at that point in time was sort of like, uh, a little cubby that was off of the living room. Okay. And I had to put, like, a, I put a gate up, but there was no door. And he would jump over the gate, and he he could figure out how to, like, paw, he could, like, paw oh, open the the snake cages, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, he'd, and he'd scare them out, and he'd kill them. And so, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I, I now live in, in this house, and there's a lot more snakes. So the snakes actually have their own room now where there's a door and the cat can't get in. No cats. Uh, no cats allowed. All right, here, I found this
2: picture. I'm
0: going to see if you guys can see it. Hold on.
2: That's a lot. It's of hard. Oh, well, like, now we you're fucking talk. it up. We can't oh, talk. You're
0: fucking it up too. We can't talk. Can you see it? Can you see like how it's just white and yellow?
1: It's it's hard to get across exactly how it is, but...
2: We, yeah. we can't talk or it cuts to us. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, okay, sorry. I'll there, just, keep talking. Yeah, just gonna gonna keep talking. I'm just going to keep talking. No, I'm just going to make her... Okay. I'm going to make it on her, just, her for a second while we talk. Okay, yep, yeah. Keep, that's like a talking. yellow yep. uh, candy cane.
0: Uh, but kinda, not like yeah. not candy
2: cane snake, like real life candy cane.
0: Right, right, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> she's, she's
2: definitely got a lot of...
0: I loved her. She was probably one of my favorites, but like I said, unfortunately, the cat got a hold of her. So, so was your um, original male like that? He is more like she is just white and yellow, and he's got a lot of pink in him. Okay, um, I'll see if I can find a picture. It looks like
1: really quick. it looks like like Evan mentioned it, but I thought it too. It looks like like a Darwin albino carpet python. I don't know if you've seen those, but it kind I of have, has I, more. It gives it I a banded nothing. look. <laughs> When it's not yeah. actually banded, it's really cool.
2: Yeah,
0: and she was a motley too, which also kind of altered the pattern a little bit. Um, so it made made her just look a little bit different from the rest of them. But she's what I would consider to be like the most, um, um like the nicest looking Halo I've ever produced because she was like white and yellow. There was a good no pink. Mix
1: of, um, yeah,
0: and I mean, I like the pink, but as far as like what I like. For the halos i think that i think the just pure white looks really good with the yellow um
2: trying to find okay i can't figure out it? how to get it back to,
1: to the regular on to where it but switches on our sound but it's <laughs> it's really cool even though it, when you have pink yellow and white it can get a little like too mixed up i guess is where you're coming from why you like the white and the yellow it kind of all mixes
0: yeah around. it's just it was just very crisp, the white and yellow. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's here's my original male as a yearling. We'll see if I can get that up there.
2: Oh, he is a lot more pink.
0: Yeah, he's a lot more pink. I don't know if you can see that yellow on him, like on uh-huh. his band Right, around right. it. But
2: it's
1: very weird yeah. because the pink, just the pink on the saddles is much more intense even than a lot of snow. Right, there. our so snow is a and very, and
2: very diluted pink but it's It's a general
1: pink all right all over it's not
2: like white and then heavy pink and then kind of white and then heavy pink that's crazy yeah Yeah, so
0: he's my original male and i uh, found a female who was a a friend of mine hatched randomly and she sold her to me and uh she hasn't she isn't near as as pretty in my opinion but she definitely has the nice halo banding and they produced some nice halo babies for me so so i can't complain
2: i did it Sorry, Good. I fixed it. <laughs>
1: there's about there's about ten people in the chat who want to kill your cat. By the
2: way, so watch <laughs> I out. I know. For that. <laughs> my <your course>. <laughs> well,
1: and
0: my cat's a
3: Savannah
0: cat. I don't know
2: if you ever oh, heard of Oh, it's a
3: fucking. I don't know that. It's a little, it's the, a little it's actual baby? cat,
1: like a.
2: What do you mean? An ac- what's it not actual like cat?
1: African fucking cat, son. <laughs> <What do> you- <laughs> like it will jump twenty feet in the fucking air and scratch your eyes out.
2: Oh, okay. That's a Well, kind of. We'll explain yeah, it. Maybe. Explain <laughs> it. <laughs> um,
0: he's, he's part African serval, uh, which is an African wildcat. They are very closely related to cheetahs. Um, they usually stand about two and a half to three feet tall from like, okay. uh, like if they're standing proud from the ground up to the tip of their ears is about how tall they are. So that's why and it's snakes. Yeah, yeah, he's a hunter, like, by heart. And he's only about 6% serval, but uh, it's definitely enough that you can yeah. tell. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's enough. And I'm really surprised that he hasn't... He usually sits outside of my bedroom door and just meows. I'm really surprised you haven't heard him.
3: Just
1: roars <laughs> like a lion.
0: <laughs> he he kind of does. He has this very, like, wow Like, he's very wild cat sounding. Well, People say that it sounds crazy. like... They say that he sounds like he smokes three packs a day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Someone said, "Rip to your furniture." Meaning, all he's
0: right. actually pretty good with my furniture. He's uh, he just likes to get it all fuzzy. Really, he just likes to his fur just goes everywhere. Um, but he stays, he stays on his uh whatever you call it, scratching posts pretty well. He doesn't ruin the furniture usually. But they're actually very easily trained. They're more like dogs when it comes to their ability to be trained. You just train them not, not to snakes. eat snakes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> can't train Can't
0: really do that. Can't train a cat out of a cat. You can just train a little bit of dog in the cat. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you see people who can have their like cats sit and stuff like that. Oh, I've never seen that. But, I mean, I guess a little bit more rare. But it's still a savage. If you let it outside, it will eat, like, a In- dozen birds and fucking whatever it finds.
2: Okay. But... Well, back to snakes. <laughs> snakes. <laughs> is there any uh, other projects you're working on other than the Halo? Um,
0: I really enjoy just working. I'm working with, I work with Ultramels, which is, like, my favorite gene
1: to work with. Me, too.
2: I uh, uh, do. Yeah. This is exciting. Okay, by the way, you're our first, like... Corn snake, corn snake person. And Yay. this is super exciting to like have someone who shares like our love of corn snakes. We'd have we've had lots of green tree people, some carpet people, uh who else? Oh, we haven't had a ball python person yet. Um, uh, but yeah, we haven't had a corn snake person, and so that's I don't know, it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I especially know actually know what you're talking about for because I all he or most of what he has is corn snakes, so all I know is like corn snake morphs. I don't know what people are talking about half the time. But like, oh, ultramel, I know what that is.
0: Yeah. Ultramel is my favorite uh double gene, I guess, or just I guess it's just weird. Ultra and Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I say Ultramel is one gene because I mean, it, but it, it's not, but it kind of, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It when kind you, of is, but it's in
1: Corn snakes, <laughs> it's like it's one gene because all the genes are recessive. But if you're in ball pythons, then it's like, oh my God, I got to wait it's all like... this time to <laughs> fucking make this yeah. snake because-
0: Pretty know. much. I mean, it's, I love Ultramels because it's super easy to get a variety. Like one breeding, you can have a huge variety of babies. One thing that I love to do is breed like a snow. I have I have a snow that's Het caramel and I have an Ultramel that's het for Annery and caramel and so like I just get this huge huge amount of, of variety from that breeding and I breed it every year because I love getting variety that's you know uh when I'm breeding anything I usually breed for variety not for like selective breeding so Halo is the only like particular uh like line bread thing that I'm working on everything else is like how many different morphs can I make with that (laughs) yeah
1: I think it's important in corn snakes to kind of spread your genes around as far as that goes because just the market like everyone likes different things and everything's at an affordable price so it's like and even some of them, I'm like, I don't know what the hell's in this. Like, I think I sent you some pictures. I don't know. All the This time. is ultra something, <laughs> but I don't know what else. So it's like, I can sell that for 100 bucks. to be like, hey, you're getting some extra jeans in here, but it looks cool. So here you go. Pretty
2: much, yeah. There have been a few times. Oh, sorry. Go You go. Ahead. You go. Nope. <laughs> no. No. Mine is a question. So Wait, finish. Well, you go. Finish this Let's thought. Be... No, Lord, Let's
1: not fight thought. over it, man. Shh,
2: you're not in. <laughs> oh, finish my God. Finish
0: Okay, I was just going to say there have been a few times when I sold things where I'm like, this snake is at least this, 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 this and this. (laughs) But it might also be this, this and this. So who knows what you're getting, but I'll sell it to you at the lower price because I don't know what all's in here.
1: (laughs) Right. But I mean, that's a fun part of our marketing comparison to ball pythons where everything has a price. Our market's Mm -hmm. kind of like it's a little bit far past that point to where you can tell everything apart everything's all mixed up at the end of the day what's your question
2: Mm -hmm. um i was gonna ask if you have any ultramel tesseras because that is one of our favorite or not our i don't know about you my favorite of combination yes of the ones we have
0: um i don't well i don't have any ultramel tester just at like the base morphs, but I do have an Ultramel Almond Tessera which is mm-hmm. Ultramel Lavender Caramel and What? Wow.
1: and so that's
0: actually—I
1: it... wonder what that's that actually. Looks the... like. I haven't seen it.
0: I mean, I could run and get her, but it would probably take a minute or two. Do you have a you a picture? could look at my—you <laughs> could look at my super expensive sign while you're waiting. <laughs> this is this is the kind of advertising you can afford
2: as a corn snake breeder. There you go. Uh, do you see? Do you see behind us? <laughs> <laughs> do you see what I'm working with yeah, here? <laughs> the shirt on episode 43. See, we of the have podcast, shirts. It's a real big got, deal. We just got shirts. So. Ooh, but see, since I we're don't have show- phone <laughs> pics. I wanted to show this is the. You can't see it if it's too washed out in the thing. No, but people who are listening yeah, over over it.
1: download can't see the picture, man. Oh,
2: I see sorry, people. Well. It's a pretty snake. ITunes. That's all they need to know. <laughs> it's yeah. a really cool
1: snake. There you go. It's red. It has some like yellowish and then it's like the adults like orange and with weird stuff, you know, all that. Good but see, stuff.
2: that's what I like, is that like the mom and the kid can look totally different.
1: Right. The but still oh, yeah. so cool. The baby's like very, very vibrant red, red and then yeah. the mom is straight up Home Depot orange and gray. <laughs>
0: I love that though. I love it when they're so different. It, that's one of my
2: favorite things. I it's think. like
1: getting. It's like getting multiple snakes because they look different right. one year, two years, and then ultimately an adult stage. So,
2: and that's the hard part though okay. about selling them.
1: Yeah, because you never know yeah. what's going to turn into what. But I mean, you can you can make an educated guess and then sell the rest of the halos by accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: like cool. I did. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> okay, here's here's the. Ultra Lavender Tester, sure, yeah, Ultra Lavender. It's Ultra Caramel Lavender. Maybe not, maybe not, because my phone just decided it didn't want to show anybody anything. So, okay, there that we
1: happens. go. That
0: happens. alright Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Kind of, sorta.
1: It totally kind of,
0: sorta, maybe a little bit.
1: Got it.
2: Yeah, it looks uh, just. It looks um very washed, very lavendery. Out. yeah Yeah.
1: but it's like i don't know if it's just we can't see over the camera but it looks like a lot of the patterns washed out but that may just be yeah
0: she's. i don't know my camera is also very bad i think this this laptop is like 10 years old oh wow (laughs) the fact that it has a camera is impressive (laughs) um but yeah, she's she looks very much like just a lavender Tessera or like a very light colored lavender Tessera. But um, one thing that I love about adding Ultramel and Caramel along with lavender is that you get some of these weird yellows that come out sort of as undertones that you don't normally get in any lavenders. So is
2: ultramel your favorite color?
3: It might as well be.
2: I mean, no, I'm but I think it looks great here. on snakes.
0: Like <laughs> it looks, it looks great on snakes. Like, you know, I mean, nothing, I just, you know, I mean, how often do you see just like a bright yellow snake? Like,
1: never, I think you know? there's, there's certain snakes that lend to certain colors. As far as, you know, a ball python, you're not going to get a very yellow snake, maybe with that pastel is very lime bread, but I think corn snakes are really good at oranges and yellows. And sometimes you can like work with what it gives you. And like yellow is something you can make a pretty bright yellow well, snake.
2: Well, i jungles, right? But you can't
1: make a fully yellow snake. No, you can't snake. make fully
2: yellow, but you can get, you know, line breed that brightness to get brighter and brighter. Yeah, you can right get better. like butter, like butter striped corn snakes, those are pretty darn yellow. Mm-hmm. What's the closest thing we have? The honeys, the honeys are the closest, the thing honeys are the but, but they're not even like a bright, they're a very dull they're yellow, very
1: weird,
0: like a goldenrod.
2: Yes, I've called them mustard
0: <laughs> Mustard is another good one yeah
2: they're very very mustardy and we posed I don't know if you have any honeys, but we posed this like to our I guess, followers um do you like more black in the honeys or do you like to read that out
1: or just in general, do you like like bold? Saddle patterns, not exactly in Okatee, but in other things or that have that black around it. Yeah, Obviously, if you like halos, maybe that's a, <laughs> considered a border around the saddles. But,
0: um, I, I like the Okatee look for, for certain things. I mean, obviously for the halos, it's almost required and anything sun kissed. I, I love those dark, bold saddles personally. Um, so honey's included, um, I, and, of course, I've don't. I oh, I've had Sunkiss, and they just weren't my thing. They just didn't stick. But um, I think that probably I would have maybe kept with them if I had had some that, like, had those really dark, like, bold borders. Because, um, I mean, for me, Sunkiss is just a hypotype that kind of changes the pattern a little. And I'm like, I might as well just work with Ultramel if I'm going to do a hypotype because I can produce that easier. So, uh, to answer your question, yes. Sometimes. <laughs> yes, I like I like the dark. I like the thick borders, Uh especially like I mean I'm trying for Okatil Ultramels next year, and uh those we
2: have cheap. that right. Yeah. No, no shit. Never mind. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> we have them separate. We have the ingredients, but we, we're not. We yeah. have Okatil and we have some Ultramel. So
1: with the with the with the cast. Do you know, I don't know much about the, like, stargazing. That's supposed to be connected to the sun-kissed gene, right? Do you know more about that?
0: I do know more about that. So, Kathy Love is the one who actually found both genes. Um, She was breeding her Okatees, her love Line Okatees, and one day this, like, weird hypomelanistic type popped up that kind of changed the pattern a little bit. And so she started breeding that with other hypotypes to see if, uh, they were compatible and sure enough, they weren't there, you know, SunKiss is a completely different gene. Uh, but then she also started along with SunKiss getting these stargazing babies and luckily found out that it was um, recessive and can be bred out of lines. Um, so you don't have to like worry too much about it as long as it's been tested. Um, but is, it's kind of a tricky thing because I've had people who tested for stargazer and, they would breed and it would be like on the 90th baby between that pair. Like they would have to, they would produce like five or six different clutches from a pair. And then like one stargazer would come out with proving it had stargazer. So, I mean, it's, you know, you can try to prove it not head stargazer and usually it works, but like there's always that chance, unfortunately.
1: I think there's weird things that happen as far as, um, We talked to Travis Wyman about the palmetto eye thing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when a certain gene does a certain thing to the look of an animal, it affects something counter, you know, there's always a, you get some and you lose some as far as, you know, the same thing that makes the palmetto semi-leucistic is the same thing that um, controls eye formation. So the eye formation will be a little bit off, because of the way that the gene works so maybe Selkist yeah has a little bit of that even though i've heard people consider it you know its own recessive gene or something like that but i mean at the end of the day you may be making poshet whatever whatever but maybe it's like i don't know that that's hard <laughs> to know for sure i yes. feel like we don't know for sure a lot of these things
0: yeah, it's always, it's always possible, unfortunately. And um, I actually, ha- I ended up with a stargazer at one point that was an Ultramel. And uh, the, it was an Ultramel that was possibly het for um, sunkiss. And I was like, oh, well, it'll probably be fine. Well, of course. Uh, and it was one that I had bought off of somebody. And he's like, well, I never noticed it. And, like, the snake is, like, slithering upside down. How can Classic. You, do you know what I'm saying? But... Um, so, you know, he ended up just being a pet uh, to somebody, to a friend of mine. And he is still living a happy life, but he's just slithering upside down, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, it's highly likely that the gene mutations happened at the same time as far as um, Sunkissed and then Stargazer. And it's highly possible that they'll always be linked somehow, even if you think you've bred it out of the line. Um, because that yeah, is that link is there, it might just show up anyway. And and I know a lot of a lot of corn snake breeders will probably hate me for saying that <laughs> because they're like, no, it's bred out of the lines, Rah, you know. And and it's possible that it is. I mean, I don't, you know, who's to say that it's not?
1: Well, I but... had I had the same problem with the palmettos of everyone saying that it's going to be bred out. I have had palmettos. But I was like, "Well, let me not take your word for it, and let me get a PhD in genetics to <laughs> solve this question." And he's like, "Yeah, this will probably always exist, just like it does in in leucistic, blue-eyed, fucking, Lucy's. Uh, blue-eyed Lucy, rat snakes, and stuff blue-eyed. like that. It's the thing that makes it leucistic, makes it bug-eyed. So it's like it's always gonna happen. Don't you kind of gotta fuck everyone who's trying to make money off the thing and take an objective, you know, opinion of things because." You know, sometimes in the snake community, this isn't just corn snakes, it's everything. Um, People pass off scaleless ball pythons of having zero problems, but they're also the ones who have all the money involved and the ones who are going to sell them. And for me, I don't care if I sell anything. I don't really give a shit. I'm going to make palmettos. If I sell them, I sell them.
2: (laughs) You care a little bit. I care, but it's like... (laughs) i don't i'm, but not, you're not, I'm doing not gonna it fuck for people them, over because mm-hmm. of the
1: money i don't know that's just me i don't know why i tangent that but
2: that's your little soapbox moment it's
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> no i i completely understand and I'm, I'm having a similar issue with lavenders right now uh because my of course lavender gold dust tessera is the like core of my project and um
2: i've never gold, I've been... did
0: you say gold dust I say That's lavender like gold dust. Really
2: jeans. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so explain,
1: break it down, Gene for Gene. Can you do that off the top of your head?
0: <laughs> the one that I the one that I just showed you a picture of that you said the pattern was sort of washed out, that mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing. Um, okay. it's lavender and caramel and ultramel and tessera. <laughs> um but I just say lavender gold dust instead of ultramel almond. There's a lot of different ways you can say it, but I prefer to say lavender gold dust because I like gold dust better than I like almonds, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, so she's the core of my lavender project. And I have um, like her cousin, who's like an almond pet, Amel and whatever else. I don't know. Um, and I was kind of hoping to breed them together, but I can't seem to get any lavenders that are not kinked, that don't have spinal oh. issues. Um, and I've gotten a lot of babies from those clutches that were not lavender and they weren't kinked. But it seems like the majority of the lavenders that are hatching are kinked. And a lot of people have this issue with lavenders. And I've had people say, oh, well, it's your incubator. Oh, well, it's it's this, it's that. But then I've also had a lot of people say, no, I have trouble with lavenders too. Well, so do I. And, well, lavenders just kind of have issues with that. And um, I think if you get a really good line of lavender, it's highly possible that you won't have issues with kinking. But I also think that, once again, it's just one of those things those issues that could crop up at any point with that particular gene
1: and i think it's easy because we get large clutches of a bunch of animals and all that and i think people don't have a problem with like culling their corn oh, snake babies it seems I like hate a very that. I hate um, that. it seems like a very common thing and i mean people don't really talk about it so it's like Lavender's really bred out You think people have just been culling the kinks For this long and
3: I have
0: no idea Um I, I don't like to cull personally Like I, I try to find pet homes for all of my kinked babies Um But I mean I've had to cull a few that Like I know that they would not have There's lived. a reason you know, why you like, have
1: prairie kings at the end of the day
2: Right?
0: You know I wish and I cats. wish they would eat other things
2: <laughs> cats. Yeah <I'm> cat <laughs> She doesn't <was The laughs> even eat the prairie is, kings
0: <laughs> Yeah my cat would like torture them before killing them though. That's the oh. problem. The prairie kings don't eat other snakes though. I've tried. I'm like, what? What use are you if I can't feed? You know what? It's fine. <laughs> they're good snakes. Prairie kings are just—they're the most docile snake I've ever owned. More than corn snakes. Really? They just like—I've never been bitten by one, even a baby. Um, and they stay uh, slightly smaller than corn snakes too. And they'll eat anything except for other snakes, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah um so but it's yeah like taking for...
1: all the good traits of king snakes and then taking size all the bad <laughs> things, you know and yeah that's
3: great
0: yeah pretty much uh that's one reason i love i love the prairies um uh, but there's not very many morphs of them there's only like hypos and albinos and i'm currently working with this weird like orange albino line that everybody seems to be baffled by um uh, because usually the albinos are like red and white uh, and then they sort of fade to like a like a golden rodish color but mine are like bright yellow and like once again (laughs) yellow must be my favorite color (laughs) i like this bright yellow orange like creamsicle color and everybody's like what's the deal with your albinos they're just like super weird i'm like i don't know they just look cool so i keep them i don't know anything uh i have a basic knowledge of genetics enough so that i can like teach other people but as far as anything beyond the basics I, i don't I have
1: no idea. I I basically know like nothing about
2: corn don't, snake no, genetics. No, don't say that. I know. I nothing. know. I know. I, I know, know the nothing. basic
1: stuff, but I don't really. I can't explain in depth. You're medium of this stuff, level, but I mean, it's a thing that like prairie kings. There, I don't think there's any economic need for someone to figure out the genetics. So it's like whatever. If it's a new morph of prairie king than like you know whatever only like sarah and like 10 other people care. it's the same with a lot of the snakes i keep it's like one of us cares about water pythons and then no one else gives a shit so it's like you're kind of playing within your own game with it kind of makes it harder because when you have people who care about like ball pythons a million people care Mm -hmm. so it's like you have so many people trying to breed it out and breed it out and breed it out but like some of the things get lost in things like rat snakes and some of the lesser kept stuff. I don't know. There was no question there. I don't know
2: where you're going with that. Well, I have a question, which probably you could just answer. Some, not my question. Someone on the chat said, is it okay to feed my corn snake wiener rats? He's 13 years old. What the fuck is a wiener rat? I don't know. He said wiener it's, rat. It's
0: a weanling. It's a weanling rat. Uh, basically. Is that
2: autocorrect?
1: Or
3: is that, <laughs> did he Does it mean it's like wiener <laughs> possible.
0: But uh no, maybe um I'd say that's probably too big. I mean, if if we're like 13 years old or not, I mean, most corn snakes probably shouldn't eat weanling rats. Weanling rats seem like they're going to be too big. If you do feed it a weanling rat, maybe you only feed your snake like once every 3 weeks. Cuz I mean, similar to any any snake that eats big food, the bigger the food, the less often they have to eat. So I only feed my big boa constrictor female once a month because she eats like huge, you know, huge rodents. So like the bigger thing you're going to feed your corn snake, especially as a rat, uh, you probably want to like limit how often you feed them because they are going to get fat. Yeah. Corn snakes get fat too.
1: (laughs) I think that's really important for every species of snake to Kind of go on the light side always instead of trying to get it big and feed and feed and feed because boa constrictors in the wild are very seasonal feeders. Things like the carpet pythons I keep are very seasonal. And then also I do big meals, you know, at three weeks, four Mm -hmm. weeks. It's like corn snakes. If I do sometimes, i fed my adult male who's like sixteen years old. Also, it depends on age; doesn't always determine size and stuff like right. that. Different animals are different sizes. But if I if I feed a small rat, he's not feed, he's not eating for a month.
2: Easy. Oh wow! So
1: that's just just to reiterate pretty much what she said. But what's your next
2: one? Oh, he was just saying um, the weanling rat isn't huge. It's, just same <laughs> it's the same size as a large mouse. A large mouse. So you would do it. Yeah, you would say it's okay just um, space rats, it out
1: rats actually have higher fat content i believe than mice but that's just one thing to consider but if you have like a female retired breeder mouse which is what i do for a lot of my adult corns mm-hmm. i do adult you know big mice i mean that might and be just spread it thing. out i'm not sure i'm no nu- snake nutritionist i don't know <laughs> but um he also asked, are you the same sarah from the snake morph id group
2: who wants to know? <laughs> <laughs> someone the, I think that's a yes. <laughs> uh, someone in the UK, actually, which I always commend anyone who's watching in another country because I know the timing is super off. It's like three off, in the morning. Yeah. Uh, super off. And we've had people from India, from, um, from UK, from Brazil, off. all those kind of stuff. Uh, excuse me, um, but yeah, all he said is like, "Is this the Sarah from the ID page?" Yes. So okay, I know Joe kind of tries to shy away from stuff. Like, does that does that stress you out to to do that what? a lot? What? Do what? To, to ID stakes constantly. Like Joe is very cautious. He okay. No, stop trying to talk while you're peeing. Stop. You can't talk while you're peeing. Sorry. <laughs> um, he's, he's very. Like, ca- <laughs> he's very cautious to like ID lots of snake for pe- snakes for people.
0: Um, I have sort of made it my job to do that. Oh wow! Okay. My unpaid job, my job that I spend a lot of time on that I'm not paid for, <laughs> that I wish people would understand that I'm not paid for it, and I'm doing it as a favor because I love them, not because I'm obligated to. Um, I, I enjoy identifying morphs because it's something that I'm really good at. I am I can usually identify little things that a lot of people um, sort of overlook, or maybe someone doesn't quite understand what a morph does, and so they don't really know what they're looking at. And um, I just have this very uncanny ability to just know all of the morphs that are in a snake for the most part. Um, And of course people always, the worst part, the worst part for anyone who is out there, who's in the morph ID group, the worst thing you can possibly do is post pictures that are like in dim lighting or that are super blurry or which is all of that is 95%. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like if you're posting a picture and even you look at that picture on your phone and you say those colors aren't quite right like don't post it you know like, like it's like did i love Michael y'all J. But...
1: fox take your fucking picture or Excuse what's going me?
0: on
2: what <laughs>
1: he's the one he's that's fucking <laughs> I don't that's that's, that's, right?
2: That's, that's, right? that's a really offensive joke that's very really low, low. <laughs> that's <laughs> <I> really bad <laughs>
1: That's okay, I left anyway. But but yeah, they're never in focus. They're never in correct lighting. It's always in like much. a weird dirty cage filled with <laughs> corn snake shit and Yeah, and it
0: moss. has like it has like a black light over here and like a red light over here. <laughs> what color? I have no idea. What color of light is that? I don't
1: know. Here's my corn so, snake on my heat rack underneath the infrared light. Can you give me the Yeah. Movie? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um we, of course, we have, like, rules in place that, like, no one ever reads about, like, how to, you know, what photos to post, and I'm constantly asking, like, for, it's, like, I really need a photo of the close-up of the eyes, because there's, like, two dozen more so look exactly like that, and if I don't have an eye photo, I can't tell you. And, oh, well, they're red. <laughs> don't help me. <laughs> like, I need, I need to... Don't even get me started. Regardless, I, I enjoy doing it um, and I enjoy the people and I enjoy helping people um, and I, I enjoy seeing, you know, pretty snakes, especially if it's something I, you know, that's unique that I haven't seen before. There have been a lot of people that are like, what morph is this? And I'm like, it's a normal. normal. You can <laughs> normal out
2: it's weird that you knew she was going to say that. <laughs> no, it, it, it just happened like the <laughs> other really
0: day, weird. I
1: think, on a group.
0: It um, happens. A it happens all the time.
2: People are like, what morph is this?
0: An email. Like, and I I go through, um, I've actually, for anyone who is interested, have made um, photo collages of dozens of different morphs. I think I have almost 100 of them posted right now um, on that Corn Steak Morph ID group on Facebook. And I made all the collages myself. Um, I had a lot of people. Um, sort of donate their photos, um, but they everybody gets photo credit. And I have, like I said, uh, I think almost a hundred different collages of different morphs on there, just so people can get on, and without necessarily having to ask, like if their snake is an email they can just like browse through a couple of photos and say, oh, my snake looks just like this. This is an email you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's helped a lot when
2: people actually look at them. You deserve to get paid, <laughs> but. <laughs> I think so, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pay me by the hour. Pay me by the answer. 50 cents, please. (laughs) Like I said, (laughs) that's why I can only afford that.
3: (laughs)
1: There you go. But, I mean, it's such a um, – it's kind of exhaustive. I just – I can always be like, I know there's, like, multiple genes in here, but I can tell you for sure it's a hypo. And then I say, uh, there's a group on Facebook <laughs> called Snake <Corsic laughs> ID. <laughs> you should check that out.
3: Sarah
2: instead. You should check that out.
1: Ask Sarah because I'm lazy.
2: Um. Okay, wait. We haven't – I mean, we've talked about different morphs and stuff a lot, obviously, but we've not talked about um, – <laughs> determining it by eyes what do you what are you looking at in the eyes from a um, yeah what character
0: pupil, pupil color is going to be the first main thing um, so obviously are the pupils black or are they like a really bright ruby color or are they a really deep ruby color those are the three main different like things you're going to look for if they are black obviously it's not going to be an melanistic because the you know an amel would take away that, the, the melanin right um and it's like if they're black they there's you know if they're black you know that it's either going to be a normal or they're going to be like it's not going to be any um kind of hypo that would take away a certain amount of melanin and it's obviously not going to be an aml. so you also have to know like the levels of hypo and like which ones take away more melanin and which ones don't um and so and i mean just like the The hardest one to tell the difference between is like the ultramel versus the uh, lava, and they can look nearly identical, eyes and all. But uh, usually, uh, a a trained eye can tell the difference. Um, but it's Did just you like those the are difference? the difference. No. <laughs> it's very difficult but usually lava is a little bit more red and they have um, more of a purple color to their darker tones whereas ultramels are going to have more of a gray or um, usually usually just some sort of level of gray it's not usually going to be that purple color in an ultramel um, and ultramels oftentimes you can only see the red people like with flash uh, whereas lava you can see it all the time Lava is more hypomelanistic than an ultramel, Typically,
2: I wish we just had all of our corn snakes in front of us while she was <laughs> talking, because she's That's saying, like, "What is we, this? What is she's, this?" She's, <laughs> no, no. Well, we we know what we know what they are, but as you're so like, we have a. um we have, we, a, we have a we lava, have a lava but it's and on terrazzo
1: thinking, which
2: so I'm like as you're saying like purple I'm like I don't remember seeing a purple on that like and so I wish I had it to like look and be like oh she's saying I should notice this well <laughs> well then there's just
1: so many situational things that right that's also once you
2: mix it with it one thing it, it changes that mm-hmm. Totally
0: changes it. Uh, and you also have to look at the ancestry of something. So if it is a lava terrazzo, terrazzo originated in keys lines and keys corns look very different from any of the other lines of corns or, or basic ancestral uh, localities of corns. So like a Miami it looks very different from uh Anoketi and uh, which also looks very different from the keys. And so keys overall have more of a hypo look to them than the others Mm -hmm. and so like they like mixing anything with terrazzo or any kind of keys line just like completely skews the color the coloration of
3: a morph
1: yeah okay things are only true so then it's okay
2: that i don't (laughs) remember seeing purple in our lava okay yes (laughs) that is okay especially (laughs)
0: me
1: go ahead sarah
0: I was just gonna say, especially since uh, if it is a terrazzo, it's not gonna have like saddle borders. It blows out because anything. it doesn't have saddles. So, um, and usually it's the saddle borders that are purple. So if if it doesn't have saddle borders, it can't have purple saddle borders.
1: You know what I'm real? We have ghost lavender. Wait, coral ghost. Coral ghost stripe going to lava lap. terrazzo. <laughs> that's gonna go to make a bunch of fucking million heads and stuff, but. That should be fun. I think that's cool our that. favorite
2: one of yours. I mean, wait. Our fa <laughs> I can't talk. Your favorite of the one we got. Yeah, yeah the coral coral ghost stripe.
1: Or the mm-hmm. Miami yoga tea, the mixture in there. people
2: love the Miami okay
1: tea. Um, I feel like I had a question. But I okay, well I can ask these
2: questions. Someone said, What would you pair with a butter motley to get some cool stuff for a first time breeder?
0: I personally would get, uh, I mean, if it was me, I'd get an Ultramel that was Hep for Caramel and Motley. Or, yeah, Hep for Caramel and Motley. Because then you're going to get Amels and Ultramels and Gold dusts and uh, Butters and then the Motley versions of all those as well.
1: And that's where you're really covering your spread.
2: <laughs> you get this, 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 this. Yeah.
1: See, I don't even think that far ahead. That's why it's hard for me to answer those kinds of questions because it's like I don't know, man. Whatever you want to see in your snake, <laughs> but that's like a very good answer.
2: Yeah, no, that's see, she knows. He She's also so shies away from that when people are like, "What should I mix?" He's always like, "Whatever you want to mix." <laughs> and it's like people are asking or wanting direct answers, and he's always just like, "Whatever you want." I- I and I always,
0: I always tell, I always say something like that too because I always say there's, there's like three different ways a breeder goes about breeding there's do you want to get variety do you want to make money or do you want to line breed those are the three like main things that I ask so if someone has uh, a butter motley I'm like okay well the what you're going to want to get to make the most money is maybe get like a gold dust motley so then you'll get you know gold dust motleys and butter motley's and that's going to make you the most money. Now, if you want variety, which I usually breed for, you want to go for, obviously, the Ultra set for Caramel and Motley. And then you'll get a really nice variety of different things. Um, but if you want a lion breed, you pick something out about your Butter Motley that you really like. Like, let's say you like... It has really high yellows and it has really perfect motley spots going down the back. So you want to breed for those really high yellows and those perfect motley spots. So you want to go find a mate that looks just like that. And you can line breed for whatever you want. Those are the three categories of breeding that I usually say, well, what are you wanting to get out of this? And then I usually make a recommendation based on that.
1: That that makes a lot of sense. That's I'm probably going to... Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Your beer exploded, too. A lot of too. beer problems today. Really, there's lots but of beer problems. Just, but, I mean, just, I'm going to use that example in the future to answer people's like questions because things. it makes a lot of sense and it gives more clarity to someone who, you know, what you want your end goal to be for breeding. I mean, for most of us, it's just like we're just trying to have fun and make new stuff and but i mean i guess some people's money but at the end of the day your corn snakes not going to make you that much money no Are uh,
2: our palmettos going to make us some money what so you talking much about
1: money, man. <laughs> but yeah that's a, <laughs> i'm
2: banking on those palmettos but that's like an
1: awesome way to put it um d weatherly the same guy f- or girl from before i don't know which but um, how old can you breed corns? Do you have a certain cutoff on Let's when you breed? Let's say your answer first. Um, for the mo- uh, generality, three years, but there's different, it can skew.
2: And what do you say, Sarah?
0: I'm confused about the question because I thought that the question that he just answered was, what's the youngest you can breed corns, not what's the oldest you can breed well, corns. They well, they said
2: how old or how old, young. Yeah. It's kind of a weirdly phrased <laughs> When can you breed question.
0: <laughs> I would say um, males, can start breeding at two years old and they can probably breed until they die. Whenever that is, they can be 20 and still be breeding. No problem. Uh, females, you want to probably wait till they're about three, but really you, you kind of want to aim for like a 300 gram weight instead of three years old. Cause I know some three year olds that are still at 250 and that's just a little small for, for my, you know, for me to be comfortable breeding them, um, and then females, I would maybe stop breeding them when they're like ten ish years old. Because um, I mean, you have to think like if a corn snake lives until they're, let's say, eighteen, um, and then the average human lives until they're eighty. Um, you know, female humans
2: can't breathe.
0: Want to stop? <laughs> yeah. Stop breeding around forty. Halfway in your life. So I figure a corn snake at like midlife, uh, which is going to be like nine or ten, uh, is probably the the end of a female's breeding uh, life, I would say.
3: hmm
1: which I mean makes sense, even if you are talking about humans, guys can go a lot longer producing babies than girls.
2: You are not producing babies; spread and <laughs> You are not producing over, anything.
1: Do whatever, but I mean, <laughs> I, just, I just like to tell people three years because, like, once you start like power feeding your corn snake, it's so easy to get them fat. So that's just why I say that. Yeah,
0: it's it's actually surprisingly easy. Um, I've noticed. You know, I mean, especially people in America, like I'm in America, so like nobody hate me for this, but we tend to think that more is better just in general and everything in our lives. (laughs) So it's like, oh, more bedding is going to be better. More food is going to be better. I'm like... Not necessarily, and of course, and even when it comes to baby, baby corn snakes, people are like, more space has got to be better, so I'm going to put this little tiny corn snake in a 75-gallon tank. I'm like, no, no, please don't do that. They don't want that. Trust me, they do not want that. Like, they're used to being in this tub that's this big, and if you put them in something that's huge, they're just going to get stressed out.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, so, generally speaking, I would say to anyone, as far as feeding snakes, more is not better. <laughs> Less. I don't want to say less is better either because I've seen some snakes that were very underfed. Some,
1: somewhere in between, right?
0: Yes. Um, and if you notice that your snake is has love handles, you may want to slow down a little bit.
2: <laughs> so you talked about um, grams earlier. Do you frequently weigh your snakes? I weigh them twice a year,
0: usually, the adults anyway. Uh, I weigh them when they come out of brumation, and then I weigh them when I put them down for brumation because, um, I mean, with the first year I ever brumated, I was young and dumb and brumated some females that had not bounced back from breeding and, uh, they were way underweight and they ended up just being like wasting away during brumation because they were underweight and like, I should have kept them out of brumation and continued to feed them for a little while, um, so I always make sure that I breed or weigh um, before I put down for brumation. I feel like that's the more important time to weigh. And then I weigh like post brumation, but it's, I would actually consider it to be pre-breeding uh, yeah. weight. Um, and then I weigh babies probably once a month as they're growing, just to see how they grow, especially ones that I'm selling. Uh, I try to get their gram weights uh, up, you know, because then a lot of people want to know. They want to know like how quickly the snake is growing, and um, how much it weighs, and and how long it is,
2: and if it's eating, and what it's eating, and all that stuff. So, what?
1: Are your She's thoughts? so much better than me.
2: I was about to say, um, <laughs> I don't want to sell him out, but he doesn't weigh. I don't weigh He shit. doesn't weigh anything, and so I didn't know if you viewed it eye. if you viewed it as like a necessity or just something like you feel more comfortable knowing the weights or.
0: Personally, it's it's just a, a it's just for me more than anything. I feel more comfortable knowing the weights. Um, and I mean, if your snakes look fine, then don't worry about it. Really, you know. I mean, um, I I was actually doing a lot with reptilinks for a while, and I was feeding females um, post egg laying to see how quickly they bounced back and comparing the females that obviously were eating reptilinks versus the one eating mice. And I was also weighing a lot of the babies, the babies who were eating reptile versus the one who were eating pinkies. And um, so that's where a lot of my weighing came in was just like science wondering. experiments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also, a lot of times I just weigh for my own, just curiosity. Um, I'm pretty good at, at eyeballing a weight. So I'm kind of at the point right now where I can pick up a snake and be like, you probably weigh 450 grams. And I'm usually within like 20 grams of an adult.
1: So you can pretty much eyeball it at the end of the day, but I I tried the, the thing and I did, um, I had a female that prolapsed and stuff after an oviduct prolapsed after she laid eggs and all that stuff. And I got her up to weight like pretty well on the reptilinx and stuff like that. Other than that, I can't really get corns to eat them regularly. So what was, um, what was the blend you were using on the reptilinx?
0: I found that the quail worked best for my corns to get them worked over or, like, moved over. Um, They did okay on chicken, but it wasn't their favorite. Um, I couldn't hardly get any of them to eat rabbit. I bought, like, 50 rabbit links, and I ended up feeding those to the king snakes because the kings were the only ones who would eat them. Like I said, the chicken did okay, but the quail is the one that most of them would go after
1: yeah i did i did frog and rabbit for my um hognose so that's definitely where i went wrong but my corn snake that adult female ate them other than that i just feed them to the green tree python or all that stuff so yeah quail is an interesting thing because i wouldn't think that um they would get much like many birds in the wild and eating birds but i guess they eat bird eggs i don't know what's your idea on that
0: they probably just as many birds in the wild as they do rodents. I would say maybe they eat more rodents than, um, maybe, you know, maybe, but I would say it's going to be pretty even. Um, if they can catch a bird, they're going to eat it. Uh, especially any ground birds like quail. I mean, quail do, I mean, there are wild quail and uh, pheasant, uh, things like that. Uh, corn snakes will get them if
2: they can. Do, and,
1: do pheasants nest on the ground? Do you know?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking like, I wait, how do. can they take? So how can like, they you get could them? take a little
1: baby quail who's hanging out. he can jack that thing pretty easily.
2: Absolutely, I, I always, will.
1: I always tried to play on the fact that most of my corns love annuls, so I always went, that especially route. with trying to get babies feeding. I always go annul scent before anything else. How do you get some of your trouble feeders to get going?
0: i did a whole other podcast on trouble feeders (laughs) a couple years ago um and we went there's there's like a dozen different things
1: you don't have to go super deep but just (laughs) generality what's going to be your steps and i have certain steps as far as you know a null scent to the boiled pinky to the deli cup pinky to all that stuff
0: um, I I bought an old scent and have not had any luck with it. Surprisingly, uh, usually the first thing I do is boil. Sorry, I feel someone's
2: like- at our door, like and we never oh. have anyone at our door, and so it's kind of weird. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Amazon, hey! What oh yay! You, what did you order? One you bought? I didn't buy anything. Move on. Let me hear the trouble. Sorry. <laughs> that was scary. Okay.
0: <laughs> I usually start with boiled uh, just because it's the easiest to do. I thaw my pinkies out in water anyway. So all I really do is just heat up the water a little extra and you got boiled pinkies. Um, and then after that, if boiled doesn't work, uh, I will usually do the deli cup thing. Um, and if that doesn't work, tease feeding is actually one of the main things that I do. Um, cause it kind of kicks in their natural instinct to like fight and, uh,
1: defend you know, themselves. and
0: actually like, into like actually kill something, you know? Um, so tease feeding is probably the, the most common thing that I do, but, um, I, I feed in deli cups pretty regularly, regardless uh, just because it's it's just easier for me to do it that way, which is kind of strange because, like, I do have a rack system where I just pull the baby out yeah. and strap <laughs> the baby in. But I usually pull the baby out and then I put it in a cup so that I can clean the enclosure. And then it's just as easy for me to just put the whole deli cup back in the enclosure and put it in and then come check on them later. Um, so,
3: yeah.
2: So, uh, <laughs> wait, sorry, I forgot my train of thought. First, I wanted to apologize that the anal juice did not work because I know that stuff is not cheap. That's why we, yeah. we haven't even. Well, I, make, I make. Wait, mine. I was going to say okay, that. Sorry. That was my <laughs> next thing. I was going to say it's not cheap. That's why we haven't bought it because it's like 35 bucks plus shipping for like, what, two ounces? Like, yeah. Yeah. not even. But because of that, we had some. Frugal ingenuity, not we. He had some yeah, frugal... Yeah. Sorry, let me- I'm not going to take credit for something I had no help in. Um, he had frugal ingenuity. It was like, how can I make my own anole juice? But we kind of call it like anole crack. Um, <laughs> And Ow. basically, you want to detail your process?
1: Well, what I did basically was... Um, gutted it and put it in boiling water and then chopped it up over six hours of it on a low like um low what would you call that? What's the thing called when you have it like the crock pot, but you fucking it's not boiling but it's
2: low heat. Wait, you you put it in the crock pot? No, I didn't bring it uh, to
1: Crock-Pot, you fucking psycho. I'm sorry. I mean, like, was... It was, not, it was <laughs> just, just a, a low temperature. There's, there's, a, there's a, a word for that. low heat simmer? Bring it to a simmer. There you go. <laughs> so it's like, but but the most, the coolest thing you can do is, not the coolest thing, the most effective thing you can do is put like the pinky in the annul's mouth and get the mouth juice. That's the, the mouth juice is where it's at. At least we. But found.
2: but your your a null crack method is longer it lasting. Well. It's longer lasting. Right.
1: It's easier because so I don't have food.
2: after you know. Well, it's not easier the first time. It's hard. You know, gutting it, cooking it, boiling it, all that. But then after that, he just uh, put it in the freezer and would take it out and reuse it. And even our most pickiest feeders
1: eventually got but it. But what do you have? Any that don't feed at all ever?
0: Yes, I do. Uh, and I usually end up force feeding. Um, one, yeah, I, the first thing I do if I have to force feed is start is cut off pinky heads and force feed those. Um, but the micro links have actually been really good with force feeding if I ever have to do that. Um, I just, I hate force feeding and oftentimes the snakes really just need a change of environment um, so there have been times when I had a, uh, some terribly, you know, babies that just would not feed and in a different enclosure in a different area of the room and then they would start feeding. Um, they just I don't know. Mm, they just wanted a so different. And there have been t- times when, as weird as this sounds, I would go through and I'd offer everybody a pinky. And then any of the trouble feeders, I would just like rotate the pinkies just like, <laughs> and then they would eat, they'd eat the second pinky off of them instead of the that's first right. one. And I don't know why. I mean, but it, that's one thing that has worked strangely. One thing that somebody, Oh, putting them in a paper bag was another thing. Put them in a paper bag with the pinkies.
1: What? I think that I don't gives know. you the same stimulation as the deli cup. I don't know.
0: Maybe. Um, I've also scenting them with KFC. Decky fried chicken. Oh mm-hmm. oh Baby corn snakes love their fried chicken. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Where did you hear that? <laughs> um, I tried it on accident. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> How do you try it on accident? I, you were eating um, while
1: feeding your corn snakes and crumbs were dropping? Or,
0: you know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I actually I got uh, one of the little deli cups from KFC that had chicken in it. And it just had like some of the chicken grease in it still. And I was like, I'm going to try this because it, it smells different um, just to see. Like put the you know snake in this deli cup with the pinky, sure enough, it ate it. And so I started just getting like the oil that came off of like KFC chicken and using that as sifting And it, it works pretty well.
1: Now did you have to like descent the pinky as far as like um soap I know some people use baking soda or Dawn dish soap. Did you descent the pinky itself before you put it in there or you just put the pinky straight up?
0: Oh, usually I just put the pinky straight up, but there have been a lot of times when I'll use Dawn dish soap um and wash them off. And it really depends. Like I have I have a whole I have a book, my like corn snake feeding book, and it's got like, okay, the name of the snake and then like it has a number, every, every baby has a number. So like baby's number and then like the date and like went like what it ate and how it ate. And if I had to tease feed it or force feed it. And like, I have like a note section next to each, each baby. And so like on this day I fed it a washed pinky that had been boiled and then scented with whatever. And so like, I know that that's what that baby will eat. And eventually I work it to where it like like, I'll just not boil it one day. And if it doesn't eat it, then I'll boil it the next time, but not wash it. And, like, I go through to see, like, what, what things I can eliminate to still get it to eat. And eventually, eventually, they become full-functioning reptiles. <laughs> and I don't have to do that anymore. But it's a long and arduous process. Yeah. Is,
1: there's something I've always heard of that I've never tried. Have you ever tried to put them in brumation and take them out and feed them?
0: I have heard of that. Um, but I've always been too afraid to do it. Uh, I think, I think I did that with a couple of babies once and I, then I tried to feed them in the spring and they still didn't eat. So I gave them to a friend of mine. I was like, and she, she used to work in with rescue reptiles all the time. I was like, they haven't eaten since they were born like a year ago. Good luck. I don't <laughs> know what to say. Like, I hate that because, and yeah. uh, you know, I mean, but what do you do? Like what, what, like I've tried live, obviously. I mean, live, live is usually a last resort for me, like a step above force feeding um, because I don't want to have to feed them live. But if they'll eat live and they'll eat live consistently, then I can at least sell them as a baby who is eating live consistently.
2: But you don't uh-huh. ever want to get them attached to that.
0: If I can help it, yeah. If I can help it, I don't want them to eat live because it's just so much nicer. I mean, the majority of the people who buy from me are women who um, they're getting their first corn snake for their son or their daughter or or they're just, you know, an 18-year-old girl who just moved out of her parents' house and she wants to get a snake because her mom would never let her have one. And um like, not to be sexist, but it's true. Women are generally more squeamish when it comes to
3: for sure. snakes killing
0: baby mice. Um, And so like so much nicer to be able to tell them, you can just put these mice in the freezer. They're already dead. No, they won't wake up if you thaw them out. (laughs) I've had that. I have had that asked multiple times and I'm just like, you know, it's just so much nicer to have to tell, you know, to be able to tell people, no, you don't have to like watch a baby mouse die every time you want to feed your pet snake. Um, And that's one reason that I love the reptilinks. And I try to feed reptilinks to as many babies as possible because some people, don't want any rodents in their refrigerator or their freezer. And they would much rather have these nice little sausage things that they can just thaw out and put in there. And that's, that's much nicer. So
1: we have a weird attachment to like not seeing things die in America, at least.
2: That's not America. Most of us That's do. human yeah. nature. <laughs> it's like
1: we're like we're disconnected if it's ground up and put into a casing. Either way, something died. It's you know you're still killing something. You just don't have to feel like you actually killed it.
2: Right. You it selfish well, bastards. It doesn't feel like food. Food. Yeah. Or
1: it's a
0: well. Meat. Have you ever have you ever fed a rabbit to a snake? A live nope. rabbit?
1: No, that's nope. why I don't keep retics or anything that gets big enough to eat rabbits.
2: They scream. <sighs> I can't do that. They
0: scream, and no, you don't want to do that. No one wants to do that. <laughs> like my my grandma used to have a huge steak and uh, she feed Your it retics. Your grandma? Baby <laughs> yeah, my grandma was kind of the one that got me started in snakes. <laughs>
3: I know. Awesome the family. Yeah,
0: my, she's my grandma's awesome. I love her to death. <laughs> Every time have... she comes over, how's the snakes? I want to hold one of the snakes. Okay.
1: <laughs> when was she keeping snakes? Did she started maybe um, just when you were alive or way before that?
0: When, when, uh, my dad was younger, he was really into snakes and he had a lot of snakes and, um, he then, of course, he moved out of my grandma's house and went to college. And he had one snake left by the time he went to college, which was a big red tail boa. And um, she lived forever, it seemed like. I think she was like 26 years old, this boa, when she died. And um, so I'd always go to grandma's house and want to hold the boa. And the boa would eat baby pigs.
2: Oh, I can't.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, I can't do that. I can't do boa. that. I can't
2: do that. Oh, my God. No,
0: no. No, I was usually not there for the feeding, so I was okay with that. But the rabbits, I remember the rabbits. Her feeding rabbit, I couldn't. I can't do that. I mm, nope, not gonna. Nope. As a, go. a as a like seven year old child, and, like hearing this rabbit scream from across the
3: room, uh, not gonna. Not <laughs>
1: There's, there's no part of you that gets, like, bored when you're bromating all the corn snake that wants to get, like, a different, you know, a python or something different that may not bromate or anything like that?
3: No, not at all. <laughs> because I usually,
0: I usually have so many baby corn snakes still that I'm, like, feeding through the winter that I'm not bored. Um, when I have the adults awake and have all the babies, it takes me, like, three whole days of the week to feed everybody. And usually it's the babies that take forever because, uh, you know, I mean, writing down everything and like keeping track of who's eating what and, you know, any of the picky ones like seeing if they'll eat this or this or this or like tease feeding them, whatever. The babies just take they take like two days by themselves. Um, So, no, I don't really get that bored. And I have my boas. So, like, if I ever really want to, like, get a snake out and handle it, um, my big female boa is just a huge puppy dog. She loves being held. She loves being out. And um, I let anybody who comes over, I let them hold her because she just, she loves it. She loves being around people. Right now, though, so I'm trying to kind of keep handling her to a limit limit there.
1: Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's like I'm bored. I'm like, what? Amazon tree boas. What's up boas. with this kind of no, stuff? There's so many, just so many, so many different
2: have things going How are you? on. still have we carpets, have one, but they barely two, eat. Three, they barely four, do anything. Five, you know? six. <laughs> like you have so many. Not in here,
1: brumation but, but still, you have a lot. I guess I don't have as many babies going into the winter as she does. But as far as um numbers, are you trying to increase or are you trying to stay where you are? Um,
0: I'm trying to decrease actually. Uh kind of. I say that. I'm I'm really just trying to focus my projects. Uh, because I have my lavender gold dust, like whatever ultramel almonds, whatever you want to call it, project going on. And then I have the halos. Um, and then I have just like I actually have a um a het scaleless pair that I'll be brooding hopefully next year. Um and I really just sort of wanna I just wanna like narrow everything down. And so I'm right now I'm trying to cut out any of the extraneous snakes that aren't really a part of any projects um so um probably here soon i'll be selling some like sub adults and adults like i have i have a sub adult gold dust stripe female available and like i don't understand why she hasn't sold because she's gorgeous and she can breed next year and it's like bought this snakes like she's beautiful i don't understand like and i guess it all depends on the market everybody's looking for something different every year and um, if I have her next year, still I'll breed her myself. But you know, it's like um, I'm I'm on a I'm on a budget, and I can't exactly like continue to feed as many snakes as
2: I'm feeding right now. They aren't producing anything for you?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that aren't just you know. Sometimes you just don't have the passion for a project that you thought you would, um, and you know when that happens, it's like well, I'll sell the project to someone who's actually going to uh enjoy it more than i'm more than i am
2: uh speaking of selling someone asked if you are on morph market or if you're not where can they find uh what you have available for sale
0: facebook.com slash sarah's snake (laughs) shop that's that's where i am that's the only place i am is this forward to you guys because it's backward to me uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even okay. think
2: about that. That it's backwards to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, but yeah. Um, Facebook.com/sarahsnakeshop and Sarah Snake Shop are separated by periods. Um, that's the only place that I'm that I'm constantly like keeping up with everything I'm selling. But I also sell on Fauna Classifieds a lot. I'm not on Morph Market. I don't remember why. <laughs> Probably because I have a short attention span and can't keep track of too many things at once or
1: something maybe i mean Um, you're obviously doing okay at selling just on your facebook page so
0: yes because i I literally only have two snakes for sale right now and like i keep putting more up for sale and yeah uh, i I haven't had any issues with not selling things i think the longest Uh, i did hear
1: jackie there's a gold dust stripe for sale (laughs) There you go. I yes. mean, that would be such a good jump on a project. I don't know why you wouldn't. I would consider it.
2: Yeah, clearly you got the wheels turning in his head. <laughs> I'll give you a good deal on her, man. <laughs> I only want something we can put information now. <laughs> you can put her information now.
3: She's great you, do to you like want. too. <laughs> well, you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> um, shit, I lost my question. Oh kind of silly question do you ever think of naming it more more snakes more snakes rather than Sarah you snakes you know so.
0: <laughs> i thought about that however mohr snakes is already taken wow. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: i know um, everybody thinks that i'm related to jeff moore who was a huge corn snake person back in the day the day i don't know what day that is but back then sometime and um, they're like, I actually had a call from some person that was like, Hey, how have you been? Like, how's your husband? And I was like, <laughs> do I look right. like I'm married? Like, you can't see this hand, but for real, like, I'm, I'm no. And I was like, who do you think you're talking to? And they're like, isn't this Jeff Moore's wife? And I was like, no. <laughs> and they're like, wait, is this Jeff Moore's daughter? No. <laughs> Like, everybody thinks that I'm related to him, which I mean, it makes sense. Like, I mean, M O H R is a very uncommon last name. And it's for like a- another like M O H R more to also be this involved in corn snakes. Everybody assumes that we're related. Um, but yeah, so I, apparently he owned more snakes, uh, and that's sort of already been taken. So,
2: gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, Darn.
0: no relation. No relation to Jeff Morris.
2: <laughs> Is this man still alive? Have you talked to him? I tried to talk to him once on
0: a forum and he never responded and I lost
2: interest, so Brother, where are you? I much. To to you. It'd be more like dad. <laughs> Damn, yeah. Weirder. Uncle. <laughs> Uncle Jeff. <laughs> Uncle Jeff. <laughs> I always wanted an Uncle Jeff. <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> <They are. laughs>
1: Creepy Uncle Jeff.
2: Gross. I'm surprised you don't no, know him. Jeff. I feel like you know the corn snake back not, in the day not people. That.
1: it depends what day. I'm like f- <laughs>
2: I, many, know, I haven't nothing. been along that many days in
1: comparison to some
2: <laughs> No, of I know you people. haven't been there, but I feel like you you read all the the history books.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of them.
2: I feel like he he kind of has a bad rap in the reptile community
0: for some reason. Um I can't remember what he did. I don't know if he released a bunch of morphs into the wild or like he did something questionable and every time you kind of mention his name, and like they're like, Are you related to Jeff Moore? And I'm like, No, and they're like, that Okay, good.
1: <laughs> So if you you guys heard it here, Jeff Moore released all the Burmese pythons (laughs) into the wild in Miami. No, no,
0: no! I will not take responsibility for that. I can neither confirm nor deny any of these things. I have no. God damn it, Uncle Jeff!
1: (laughs) He is the black sheep.
0: Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he's watching this. (laughs) Sorry, Jeff.
2: Negative. But. We don't need you here Jeff, right?
1: <laughs> I feel like you had something to say. I
2: did, but I lost it. So that's I so hope good. you have something to say. I'm, I'm
1: like drinking too much.
2: So. Yes. That's why I asked you to stop and okay. you didn't listen. Jackie's okay. trying to
1: talk her husband into buying some of your snakes, so be happy. So how do you how do you go about um, sell it, Do you just sell snakes on Facebook? Or... That's what she said. Oh.
2: She literally just said <laughs> Facebook is the only it's just place. just Facebook. She said just Facebook.
1: Oh, shit. What are you producing this year well, besides Ultramel and Halos is really the question, I guess.
2: I did a very
0: interesting breeding this year that I didn't expect to be interesting, but it was very interesting. So my very first corn snake was a normal that I got out of a pet store that I used to work at and um i was just like oh he's really cool he's like kind of red like he was a lot more red than the rest of them i was like i want him he's super cute so i took him home at first i thought he was a she but i named it flair and i used to spell it f-l-a-i-r but when i found that it was a boy f-l-a-r-e now um so i've been trying to keep his line going i have his daughter who bred this year also um I actually bred her to my head scale as male, but, uh, that's really neither here nor there. I'm just trying to keep the line going because he was my first born snake, you know? Um, I bought a, um, a, uh, granite, uh, at a Tinley park, like last year. Uh, not really like expecting anything, but she was only 50 bucks and she was a proven breeder. And I was like, you almost can't go wrong. You know, it doesn't really matter what I breed her to. I can sell a het granite for 50 bucks, even if it's a normal almost, you know? So I thought, well, she's worth the money. Um, and I had bred this like normal male from the pet store with a couple other females found out over time that he was het for annery and Molly. And I was like, well, granite is annery and I know he's het annery. So I'll just like breed them together and whatever. Um, I ended up with some normals, some anneries, some blood reds, some charcoals, (laughs) some carbons, which are annery charcoal combined, some pewters and some granites and some like diffused carbons. Like it was ridiculous. And I was like, what the heck? So I'm definitely going to be keeping that pair and continue breeding them because... I mean, what are the odds? Like, I pick up just, like, a random granite female for 50 bucks, and I found this normal in a pet store five years ago, and they created, like, the most uh, money-making clutch that I've produced to date, (laughs) other than the Halos.
1: It's just funny, because, like, we all know that they can have so many different hats, because people have been breeding them together for so long, but to have that many hats compatible with each other and produce visuals is just ridiculous.
3: Yeah,
0: especially for, like I said, I mean, I spent 50 bucks on this random female and then, uh, you know, got a normal in a pet store. Uh, and, you know, just like who would have thought really that like and charcoal was the one that I was really surprised about because I kept thinking like these look like anoretes, but these are not anoretes. These are something different. and. Uh, So but of course, they were also like the most stubborn feeders of like any clutch I've ever produced. Um, So I still have a handful of them that aren't eating and they're driving me insane. But I plan to keep a bunch of them. So it's a nice project. I didn't really produce that much this year. I was kind of surprised um, because I had a lot of breedings in mind and I bred, like I had a lot of breedings, but I just didn't produce that many babies this year. And I don't know what it was.
1: Was that clutch Uh, size or fertility or mixture of both?
0: Most of it was clutch size. I had a few first time breeding males, which was part of the problem. And then most, I want to say two thirds of the females I bred were first timers also. So I think it was a combination of like the first time females giving small clutches because they the first timers and then first time males occasionally will be shooting blanks. And so it's just like it was just a combination of that. Um, and I, I didn't really have any fertility issues, but I had a few issues with like the lavenders kinking up and like half of my breedings this year uh, had lavender in in them. And so I had a lot of issues with the lavenders kinking but I successfully produced um, my first uh, prairie king clutch this year, which was super awesome. I uh, had I had an albino male that I borrowed from a friend of mine, and I had bought a, a normal female just randomly online and bred um, them together. And I got apparently the female was head albino. So I got some albinos, lucky. And some normal types. Has anyone ever told you that? that like, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I am you're, like, you're I, kind
2: of a lucky person. <laughs> like.
0: I, I guess, yeah, I'll take it. You know what? I could use. At least I'm lucky in some ways. Like I'm still single, so like I'm lucky
2: in like reptiles. But as far as boys are concerned, Isn't that all that, that
1: matters. Is, Isn't reptiles?
2: Honestly, if he could trade True. me for, like, five snakes, I'll, I think I'll he would. will take a like,
1: black-headed python in exchange. Yeah. <laughs> for me, he would. <laughs> How nice. <laughs>
2: I, I, but, I mean, gotta love, gotta awesome. love that. I
1: mean, that's what's great about breeding is that you can, like, produce random shit.
2: And you find stuff. You're like, you know, she got if this. If you have a good m- eye. She has a she much thought- better
1: eye than I, I would sell all that shit. <laughs> <By accident.
0: laughs> Well, and it's funny, like, I, the pair of Halos that I sold to or traded a few years ago, um, I, I traded them to a pretty big breeder who I thought was going to take, like, full advantage of, of that, and I kind of thought we were going to be in the project together, um, and he produced them before I did, oh, uh, really? and then, like, I... I know. I I texted him, or not texted him, messaged him on Facebook today, and I was like, hey, whatever happened to the Halo babies? Like, mine are starting to get super yellow, and I'm, you know, selling some of the males for like $125 a piece now, like, wondering, like, if you're making any money off of them. He's like, oh, I just sold them wholesale. I was like, what? Like, why did you do that? That just ruins I was like, Like you should have sold them wholesale immediately. Yeah, I was like, if you're gonna sell them wholesale, sell them wholesale to me. You know what I'm saying? Does like, he you're ride gonna sell
1: with him... Pan Borderberg?
0: Maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, no.
1: <laughs> no, it's
0: not him. It's not him. I'm dyslexic, so it's not him. It's not him. Uh,
1: Beeve Troy Lance.
0: <laughs> that one. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs>
0: I was like, I'm so dyslexic. I'm like, I don't know what any of these words mean. I uh, can't process
1: <laughs> I mean, but yeah and once, i mean once you get to that point yeah, I mean, is, it's different i guess
0: yeah he is a really cool person like I, I really do like steve a lot i think he's super overwhelmed right now apparently he got a bunch of new projects in and he's selling off a bunch of his adults and i wish that he had been selling off these adults like two years ago when i was buying adults.
3: <laughs> Are you ready to buy adults?
0: <laughs> pretty much
1: that's just kind of how it goes i sent her the picture of um the when he posted the like pretty much U haul from Florida to bottom filled. Oh, with that adults. was insane!
0: That's crazy. I didn't. Th- I don't think I saw that picture.
1: The thing is, well, yeah, he had like a whole pretty much giant U haul truck filled at least from a thousand floor thousand to snakes. bottom, at least a thousand of like probably you know maybe about five hundred adults or something like that. Also,
2: you just said floor to bottom.
1: Florida, Florida, <laughs> to, to the bottom of the top, and uh, um,
2: oh, floor, floor.
0: Okay, yeah. I thought you meant like Florida is in like the state, Florida.
3: No, like he's trying
2: to say floor to top, Florida. but he said. <laughs> floor to bottom, basically. <laughs> like the bottom of Florida, like in a key. You know what no. I'm saying? <laughs> floor <laughs> space to sp- space top.
1: But was like, I couldn't even imagine. That dude's got, that means, was right. he have close to a thousand breeding pairs? And to
2: be able to sell a thousand just uh, in a. Just, no,
1: just getting them all to feed. I don't care about selling. Getting those all to feed is crazy, man.
2: Yeah, he has employees that help him
0: with that now. (laughs) At least that's what I've heard. But I mean, I think that there was... At one point, he produced... He was producing like a couple hundred hatchlings a day during... Jesus.
2: I don't want that to be our life.
0: I don't want that. No, I don't want that either. And like, I consider myself to be sort of a small-scale breeder. I have under 20... Like, I produce under 20 clutches a year. And that's like including all species so for me i feel like that's small scale i feel like anywhere from like 21 to like maybe 100 that's like a medium scale and then if like you're producing over 100 clutches a year like you're you're a large scale breeder
3: that's
1: pretty serious yeah we're about the same size as far as i think i'll have like
2: we're doing 15 pairs. 15 pairings i know that
1: well actually that's half does that makes it sounds or she said 20 to 20 or 30 God damn it. don't <laughs> look
2: at me like
0: that. So you're almost okay. a medium scale.
2: <laughs> but next year it'll change because our snow will be ready next year. Won't yeah, I mean, our anory tesseras be ready next year? I think that's why I asked her, like, are
1: you trying to get bigger or stay, you know, she's trying to stay the same size. We're trying to get a little bit bigger. Once we get to her size, maybe we'll be like, fuck.
2: I want to be know, doing... Those few more, yeah, right? I want to be doing like 30 pairings. I yeah. think... Yeah,
0: Yeah. so Uh, if you produce, you know, 30 pairings and you might have a few double clutches here and there, like, I mean, that's probably what, close to 45, 45 clutches, litters, whatever, (laughs) 45 to 50. It depends on how many double, you know, I don't, I don't double my females unless I know they're going to, like, I've had a few females that I'm like, you double clutch every year, like, I'm just going to breed you again
1: yeah i didn't do that until i had a female this year who on the second clutch you know like i said before prolapsed the oviduct so it's like well i didn't breed you these are all non-viable and you're totally fucked and you're going to be a pet for the rest of your life so maybe i should just take advantage of you doing it anyway and breed but i don't know that's just me so i've been kind of on the fence of that i don't think we should I don't know. What's your idea of pros and cons to double clutch?
0: I would say there are very few pros of double clutching uh, other than obviously you have a good chance of getting a few more babies you can sell. And if a female is going to be laying eggs anyway, um, it's probably healthier that she lays fertile ones, but not necessarily. Um, Usually it is infertile eggs that become, you know, the reason for egg binding. But not always like I feel like your female probably would have prolapsed whether they were fertilized or not.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that.
0: And so I don't think it just generally speaking, I think it's it just takes so much out of the female to, to double clutch. But of course, they double clutch in the wild. So, I mean, like, you know, how much are we trying to make it like the wild versus protecting them from what it's like in the wild? And I just, I just don't like to do it. Um, I had one female that double-clutched this year, and I didn't know she was going to. And I ended up, like, she had apparently laid the eggs on, like, a Monday, and I didn't notice them until, like, Friday. And because she, like, I use paper as bedding because it's free. But she had, like, laid them under the paper. And so I'm going and, like, cleaning out her cage, and I find all these, like, shriveled up eggs, and none of them hatched. And, like, half of them would have if I had found them on time. But it's, like, I just... Personally, I don't see that many pros to doing it unless, you know, this female is 100% ready to go for another clutch. Like she completely bounced back and and she's super healthy. Um, And like I said, a lot of them will start ovulating again and you can kind of Mm -hmm. tell like, well, looks like they're going to produce anyway. So you almost might as well, but it's just not worth it for me to, you know, try to breed a female and then potentially lose her to a double clutch when like if i hadn't tried that she might live for another year or whatever
1: it's so hard to make a judgment call as far as like i've had so many snakes that get really old and are very um productive into old age and stuff like that and then there's some snakes that always double clutch some that don't so i'm always confused whether to do it or not i never really like work towards it but I was wondering if this year I was going to, so I don't really know what I want to do, really. Do
2: you have any that you have in mind that you'd...
1: No, not in particular, because I just feel like um, with the ones that I'm growing up now, I grow up smaller than I did the one that I bred previously, that mm-hmm. double clutch. So I feel like she was naturally just a little bit bigger. But, but what about I really the ones we know. bought? I, I just really don't know anything about what, about what the ones snakes we are bought? doing, because I don't know. There's
2: some in there that are bigger. It's like,
1: what are we trying to keep? It's also like, we're keeping them in tubs doing this, doing this. I mean, it's not like the wild. They're not double clutching like the wild. Or in the wild, do they always double clutch? When do they double clutch? At what age do they produce? I don't know any of that Let's
2: get a grant to do that research. Okay. Yeah. Definitely (laughs) us. We're definitely going to get that. Yeah. (laughs) Have fun with that. She'd be more likely to get a grant than us. (laughs) She's much more.
1: (laughs) We're neither of us are getting grants anytime soon.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. I'm good. I'm lazy. That's the problem. No, you're not. The the note. You're
1: much more meticulous as far as note keeping. The
2: note taking. You say you do, and like doing all the other stuff. What do you
1: do as far as passing that down to consumers? What do you give to people who are buying snakes in general?
0: It depends on what they want. I've had people ask for everything from just like basic parent information, like I just want to know what their parents look like and maybe what the parents' names are. I name all of my snakes, by the way. And then I've had I had one lady ask for like a birth certificate that was signed by me. What? Yeah, I, and, and I told her okay, for an extra 15 bucks, I'll give you a birth certificate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you did it? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like I printed it out and like had it laminated and like signed it and like it had the picture of when the snake was a baby on it and had like a tiny family tree with like a picture of the parents on it.
1: You need to get it notarized. That's so
2: weird. Notary- I'm sorry. I,
3: so... I'm a notary.
0: I'm a notary, so I
2: can notarize it if I want.
1: Damn right. Put a stamp on that. Official <laughs> birth
2: certificate. That's so weird. I feel like that that's I'm assuming is someone who's this is their, this is a pet snake, yes
0: Yes, yes, uh, absolutely Most, most people um, The people who just want pets Usually they just kind of want to know The basic information They want to know um, how often it's eating And, you know, how many times it's eaten Maybe uh, But other than that, they don't really care too much They might want to know the parents' names Because I've had a lot of people that wanted to like I don't know, name it after its mom or dad Or whatever okay <laughs> Um, (laughs) whatever it's it's the pet I don't care but um, and then like the breeders are like okay I want to know the genetics of the parents and I want to know the weights of the baby and like you know how many times it's eating and what it's eating and all that Um, I mean I had one person who wanted like a list of all the dates that every baby had eaten that he bought and he bought like these off of me and he's like I want like the list of dates and exactly what they ate on what day and so i gave it to him like i just compiled the list of that so like pretty much i just give them whatever information they ask for and mm-hmm. if, if i have it i don't usually keep track of sheds that's the only thing i don't keep track of a lot of people are like well, when did he shed last and i'm like he's eating he's pooping he's probably shedding like that's how much i keep track of. Sheds. it's gonna like it's gonna happen like Yeah, probably.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if it's eating, I feel like that's the important part because obviously it's eating, so it's growing. Depending on what rate, I don't know, what rate it sheds and what rate it's growing. I mean, all that to me is just, like, details that don't matter that much as long as it's eating.
3: Right. I
0: used to keep track of sheds, but it just had to be too much. It's like, I'm already keeping track of what they're eating, when they're eating, how they're eating, why they're eating. So it's like, as long as they're eating, like... I, I, I don't keep track
1: of the sheds anymore. It seems like you've gone far enough.
2: Way far enough. So.
0: <laughs> I'm making birth certificates for
1: snakes. I've gone well, far I think it's I think it's hard because, like, obviously someone somewhere told them, hey, you're going to need a birth certificate for your <laughs> snake. You know, like, they get no, this information I thought information it was just, like, a cutesy
2: thing. Like, I've seen someone... Oh, I wish I had like, still have. it. I, like, showed you on Instagram. Like, someone made, like, a whole, like... Oh, someone, their snake died, and they had a full one, like, funeral, like, program. Like, they went to a place and got it cremated, and, like, had a little, like, urn for it, and, like, had, like, the picture, uh, like, a plaque, like, picture. And, like, I mean, if you so only and have so, one snake, so and, and that's so, so your pad, was, you know, Whatever, and so I feel like the very birth
1: rambunctious, t- curious,
2: whatever. Often. So I feel like the birth certificate is like the same. It's like someone Coming being from the same cute. Place. Yeah, like I don't think I don't know if someone told them they needed a birth certificate. That
1: yeah, but you go to oh. these YouTube videos, and someone's like, when you before you pick out a snake, make sure you have its birth date, its birth certificate, its genetic. Really, all people this-
2: tell people to I get that. Know.
1: I don't know. They heard it from somewhere. You don't just make that up. Not everyone has. A I birth thought it's just a cutesy thing. Snake. I don't. don't know i
3: don't know
0: i don't remember why she wanted it uh i think that it was just i think it was sort of because you know she had a dog and her dog was registered and her she had a cat and her cat was registered Uh, and like is there anywhere that the snake is registered and i'm like i mean uh, there's a place place it could kind of be registered but i don't really keep track of that so no and so she kind of wanted like more of an official like well, if anybody asks, I want to have this piece of paper that says this from the breeder, you know, and I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. That makes that
1: makes perfect sense as far as if you're coming from a position where you're messing with, like, like, dog breeders who have AKC, like, lineage and stuff. Like, different lineage. With corn snakes, unfortunately, like, lineage isn't as important just because it's all so diluted. But, I mean, if you have things, like, if you're buying a Hep Palmetto, I could see where it would be advantageous to have a birth certificate that may say that it's Hep Palmetto. So that when it proves out not to be Hep Palmetto, you can be, like, you're a dick face.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I understand that for sure. Like, although my thing is, especially if you're spending that much money on a snake, um, obviously you want it to have those jeans that you bought it as. But, like, that's when you could just, like bring text messages or, like, your invoice and say, like, you know, I bought this, is this, and, like, take them to small claims court. Like, you can do that. And I don't know if a birth certificate is necessary. But whatever. Like, I, I understand, though. I mean, I guess. I guess I don't really understand. They
2: went, <laughs> but, but you'll don't mean, do it for $15. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Like I said, this is all I can afford. I can use every penny that I could possibly get.
1: Yeah, so, I think it's just funny because it's like, um, it's hard because like I love the people who come for me for like small little things, but it's like sometimes the selling the the lowest um, amount animal or like just an email or just a normal or something ends up being the most amount of work.
0: <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. I can't tell you how many normals I'm like force feeding and like trying to get to eat like scenting this and teasing with that and boiling that like and i'm like you're a normal like i have spent (sighs) i've spent 20 30 worth of time on you and i'm gonna send sell you for like 15 like
2: yeah i just have so much anger towards corn stink babies (laughs) well you're not even the one who goes to get them feeding uh do you know what i went through
1: Oh yeah, she okay. tried to uh, like her first time picking up clutches from anything. She had this clutch that no, hatched when I was some... gone. Okay, yes, Well, I yes. yeah, had this clutch that hatched when I was gone, and the babies were really bad. <laughs> like, like, like most of them are really nippy to begin with, but these ones were extra bad, and it was awesome. They and were
2: devils. Like... <laughs> and I've I've never done this. Like, I've been in this for I've known we've been dating for less than a year. So, like, this is all still so near, new to me. And, of course, in the he was gone for 10 days. And in the 10 days he was gone, the babies came. So, of course. So, it's like, fuck, I have to do this. I'm all alone. I have no help. <laughs> um, But it got to the point where, so, like, obviously, we're on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. I filmed it and everything. But, like, people gave me so much shit for it that I deleted <laughs> the video. I deleted the no, video. I, I've had that happen before, too. Because it's, like, in – it it's hard to, like, explain to people why I was doing what I was doing, but it was out of complete fear and complete, like, and in explaining to people, people are like, but they're little babies. Like, they're not gonna hurt you. I'm like, I know they're not gonna hurt me. But literally, the first time I ever put my hand <laughs> into a thing of babies, it bit me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And so, like, getting past that, I couldn't I uh, i don't know but like corn snake babies are are mean and those emails, they are he came back so he came back like maybe four days after um they had hatched and i like put them all in their little we just use a little tupperwares I put We're them all in their little tupperwares and everything he got bit like five times one of them I like, just
1: I put my finger in the tupperware it bit it and then I lifted it up by it Keeping holding my finger and put it in its tub. <laughs> like <laughs> they were,
2: um, they were on another level. Um, but yeah, like and those, those are
0: usually the ones that are the worst feeders too. Like in from my experience, the ones that are mean who would rather kill you than the rodent, those are the ones who don't want to eat anything. They're the ones who just they're just so dead set on killing you that they won't eat.
1: Which is really weird because every other species I've worked with, the most aggressive ones or defensive ones have been the easiest to get feeding. With corn snakes, they have like either I'm in defense mode or I'm in feeding mode, so they're usually harder to mm-hmm. to feed if they're dicks because they just once yep. they once they start defense striking stuff, they don't eat stuff. I don't know why that is. Cause
0: they're assholes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So would you? Your first clutch. What were your Expe- experiences? Was your experience? <laughs> what were you Me? surprised by? Yeah. Um.
0: Honestly, I was more surprised by the morphs that came out. Uh, I I had a caramel motley female, and uh, a, just a regular albino male, and um, didn't even expect to breed them really, but you know it happens, and. Uh, the first one that hatched out was an anery, and I was like, I have a red snake and a yellow snake, and the first thing that comes out is a black snake. What the heck? <laughs> like, that was, and then like the second one that came out was like a normal, and I was like. Red snake, yellow snake, <laughs> brown snake, okay. Third one that comes out is a snow and I'm still red snake, snake, yellow snake, white snake. What the heck is going on? Like and I had no idea of genetics. I had zero idea. I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now. Like what all these babies coming out? And um so I mean for me like that's sort of what sparked the like wanting to get variety in every clutch was because my first clutch had so much variety.
2: Mm-hmm. And Not of course deep. that's lucky
0: yeah yeah i i was and that's where like that that snow that came out is the halo snow male that i still have uh and like who started the whole halo project so yeah i mean i think it's just and i mean there were two snows that came out of that clutch and uh i raised both of them and he got the the yellow but the other one never got any yellow and so it was just like, I even have two snows, and they're completely different. Like they're the same work, but they're different. So I think that that was the most, uh, I don't know, gratifying experience with my first clutch. Um, and I had a, I had two females that bred that year, and the other female was just a normal that was head snow. And she double clutched for me that year by herself. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess... I don't have that detail of the story. That's the that's whole story.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: but I think that's, that's a good thing to get out there as far as if you buy like a snow from somewhere or normal from somewhere. If you buy anything from either of us or anything like that, you're going to get a million hats that we don't know about. So it's like you breed them together. That's the difference between a lot of the other snakes. You breed these together, kind of like I think leopard geckos are pretty similar, but you breed them together and you just get a bunch of crazy shit, which is so much fun.
3: Yeah,
0: that's that's why I love corn snakes. It's probably the main reason that, I'm, that they stuck and so many other things didn't because I knew that I could get a variety almost no matter what I put together. And is once there- I learned yeah. genetics, it... It made it a lot more interesting because I I love math. I do math for fun, so like doing
3: genetics.
0: (laughs) Doing genetics is just sort of like a hobby. Like I just, it's part of the hobby for me. So it's just a part of it that I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's like a clear situation where I have like one sort of a brain, and you have a very different one. As far as you're much more detail oriented than. I just kind of like try to keep it all in my head and just do things because that moves. Once I get into the like record keeping and stuff, it actually makes it less fun for me. See,
2: I like all of that, but he doesn't do it, so I don't do it. But like you talking about, like I wanted to keep you all, can do it. While I, I wanted do other stuff. to keep all those like no because see, I like the seeing the progress because the genetics and I my brain can't work that way. Like even though. I somewhat understand you know what Ultramel is All I can't keep that in my head no matter how hard I try or like even ch- like head shape all that shit it can't do it but I can keep the, the progress of you know this baby and like how it changed like that interests me seeing mm. progress over time but like he doesn't do it so I never did it <laughs> but that I don't know that stuff's cool to me like seeing you know like or just even taking documents of like how it looked when it first came out and like how it looked a year later and into your like that kind of well, stuff i think that is like, really definitely cool to beneficial
1: me. it's just something i don't do i'm saying i probably should do it is what well. well. but <laughs> i'll accept that that's but a you fault like in, stuff way in I your
2: head things. you i yeah. mean he or else
1: it will make it not fun if it makes it not fun then you're also taking energy away from your animals you're taking energy away to you know, you're keeping in general well-being. I'd rather care for the animals and do everything like that and then worry about the other stuff.
2: Later. And then what's also, you like reading books about snakes and that's so not fun to me. <laughs> that is like he, how many books would you say you have on snakes?
1: A lot, but like, Give are me there any books Give Give me that- a number. I was going to ask Sarah if there's any well, give books. give me a number,
2: then we'll ask her.
1: I don't know, like 30 or something. But are there any mm-hmm. books that you prefer? Do you read books on snakes or corn snakes, all that stuff?
2: Uh,
0: well, kind of. Um, the snake, corn snake, or the snake. The book, Corn Snakes in Captivity by Don Soderbergh is a really good one. And um, Kathy Love's book on corn snakes. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Corn but that snakes. one's a really good one.
1: Huh? Yeah, I think it's literally what? called, like, Corn Snakes. You know, like the
0: Corn Snakes, yeah, corn something snake like
1: that. or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that is what it is, the Corn Snake Manual. But honestly, I don't have that many books. I'm actually in the middle of writing a book. So, oh. I mean, I'm, I'm more of the, like, book writer than the book reader. Goals. I guess, kind of. Uh, my friend, I have a, I have a couple of reptile friends around here. One of my friends constantly, like, Sarah, when are you going to finish that book? I don't know. Uh, I'm not. What I'm good at starting
1: things, right? Yeah.
2: About?
0: It's 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 corn snakes and corn snake morphs and um, stuff like that. I mean, um, Chuck. What was his last name? Who did the corn snake morph guide?
3: Chuck I know what something. you're talking
0: about. Is it
1: but right I don't there? Have it. <laughs> oh, no, you don't, I have, don't it. have it. Because it was like um, written a few too many years ago, which Sarah's gonna write an update of it, and I'm gonna buy it. Uh,
0: that's hopefully the plan, um, because. I think the last one was written in like 2012. No, maybe it's older than I that. I think it's
1: old. I think it was like I think
0: it was like 2003 or, something. 2003 or... or... yeah, something. <laughs> so it's like it's really old.
3: old. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, I mean, obviously Palmetto isn't in yeah. there and Scaleless isn't in there and Micropave isn't in there and the Red Coat and Red Factor, neither of those are in there. And, um, I think Strawberry was in there. Ultramill was in there, but it was highly misunderstood at the point, at that point. um, there's, there's a halo snow in there that's actually um, in the hurricane motley section. And I'm like, well, that's not really a hurricane, but, you know, hey, whatever. Um, so it just needs Is just his name Charles
2: Pritzel? Yes,
0: Chuck Pritzel.
2: Chuck Pritzel. <laughs> I like his name. <laughs> this is a good name.
0: And I mean, he's really smart. And he, I mean, literally wrote the book on corn snake genetics and he kept it updated for a while, but then like what, 10, 15 years ago, he just sort of stopped. And yeah, we're
2: seeing
3: 2011.
1: 2011.
0: Okay. That's what I wondered. I wondered, but, but yeah, like since 2011, like I don't think Tessera is in there. I don't think, like I said, Palmetto is not going to be in there. Neither of the red morphs are going to be in there. Red coat or red factor.
1: My whole collection's not in there. (laughs)
0: Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'd really like to do something a little bit more detailed for each morph, because he kind of, as detailed as those are, he really does sort of skim over a lot, I think. So the whole point of the book that I'm trying to finish is, is detailed of an explanation of every single morph. and where they came from, where they originated, um, you know, how they came to be. And of course there's always the questionable ones like Tessera is Tessera hybrid or not. Uh, no one will ever know, but, um, you know, we'll assume that it's not because the story goes, they found, you know, 2.1 in a pet store and they looked cool.
1: So what's the idea of what they were particularly, maybe they've been, um, crossed with,
0: uh, a lot of people think Cali kings, uh, California king snakes. Uh, have you seen I the Newport? Don't
1: see that at all. But go have ahead. you seen <laughs> New-
0: have, have you seen Newport jungles though? No,
1: like
0: Newport jungle horns. Um, if you like, the... If you look at the gene Newport in California Kings, it looks a lot like Tessera, but it looks even more like Tessera when you actually breed the hybrid corn snake, king snake, and Newport. And, like, Newport is the actual, like, gene, like, the the visual. And is that um, locality so of, a, have,
1: or of a Cali King, rather?
0: I don't think, I think it's an actual gene. Like, I think it's, like, co-dominant or something. Um, and I don't know if it, maybe it's, it originated in, uh, I thought it was Newport, California or something. Yeah, probably. It probably is like, it probably originated there, but I think they discovered that it's actually a gene, uh, like a gene mutation like Tessera. Um, and it's inherited very similarly to Tessera and it looks a lot like Tessera. And a lot of people say that, you know, a lot of people who breed Tessera say that like Tessera siblings kind of have this weird extra layer of color on them that a normal, like an average corn snake doesn't have. And it's a very similar, like extra layer of color that you might see in like corn snake, king snake hybrids. And I mean, there's just a lot of um, similarities and connections that sort of point to that being a possibility. Just, and also like with the the level of variety that you get, like you can get a a Tessera corn snake that has a solid black belly. And that's what you would kind of see if you, bred like Newport into, because that's what Newport does. Newport kind of gives it a solid black belly. So it's like, there's all these similarities, but at the same time, um, if we're going to say that that's something that makes a hybrid, then we might also have to say that, you know, Palmetto's came, you know, are a hybrid or, or stripe is a hybrid or, you know, I mean, like you can make that argument for almost any morph Mm -hmm. you can, you know, So it's it's a dangerous slippery slope to say that this one over here might be a hybrid, but this one over here is definitely not. And like to anyone who's like in that argument, I just wonder, like, how much does it really matter? (laughs) You know, this like I mean, the snakes are beautiful and um, the gene is really cool to work with. And so, like, at the end of the day,
1: we're not going back in the wild. So.
0: Yeah, it, we're not, and you know, it's like some people will will you know they adamantly believe that it's not a hybrid, and you need to believe this the cookie cutter story that everybody's telling you, which I obviously don't believe based on you know my tone. But um, and then some people adamantly believe the other way and say like it's so obviously a king snake, and if you bred king snakes, then you would know that it had to be a king snake uh, hybrid. So I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I'm kind of in the middle where I'm just like it doesn't really matter. Uh, I have these beautiful animals that I adore and I'm going to keep breeding them, you know, if I want.
1: It would it would only slightly, like, ruin my life to know that they were all hybrids, if that's <laughs> so. Because, like, most of my collection is Tessera, so I never thought that they would be hybrids. I've never heard that, so that's interesting. But, um, I mean, then again, we have Ultramel and stuff like that, but...
3: Is yeah, that and of course, right? now people are saying
0: that now people are saying that ultram might not be a hybrid. I've heard a couple of people say, oh, well, the person who said that only said it because he was pressured to, because everybody else told him that he needed to. And I was like, I
1: don't
0: really believe that, but it's still possible. You know, I mean, like, you know, just like the whole creamsicle thing, like creamsicles technically are hybrids, but not that long ago, they weren't hybrids because the MRI rat snake was considered a subspecies of corn snake instead of its own like separate species. So it's like, A lot of it's just taxonomy changes and then all of a sudden we have all these hybrids and so it's like really like i mean i feel like the definition of a hybrid or i guess the definition of a species is like you know can't produce any fertile offspring with a different species like it's narrowed down so much that it can't produce fertile offspring but yet here we have the corn snake who can produce like fertile offspring with almost any other colubrid on the planet so it's like, what really is a hybrid? Meh, I think the lines are are blurry enough that I, for me it doesn't matter.
1: It's it's weird because I would think that between genus you wouldn't be able to produce offspring, but obviously Cali or king snakes in general can produce with corn snakes, and they're so different as far as you know. You're looking mm-hmm. at head shape, even the way they act and their diet and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just wild that they're able to produce but it's like it's just us trying to put a label on them rather than them actually being a separate thing so I don't know I kind of vary back and forth I think a lot of my ideas come from like carpet pythons where people are really specific about what's hybrid so that's kind of like how you base
2: it off of
1: but I mean yeah it's all kind of weird especially in the colubrids people seem more apt to be okay with hybridization just because like when we started Western rat snakes and Emory rat snakes and all those things were pretty, you know, average as far as everyone bred them together, all that stuff. People, but that would be considered a, a hybrid, but they're all hybrids, right?
2: So. But it's okay. But it's, accept- it's an accepted one. So. Yeah.
1: So would yep. you, as far as, um, like keys and Miami's, do you think maybe those are separate subspecies or something like that or separate species or does it even matter?
0: Keys used to be considered uh, sort of a subspecies, the rosy rat snake.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and a lot, of, someone had, wrote a paper on Miami's possibly being a subspecies or a different species, because certain there's like a certain um, low, like locality of Miami as where. Does that sounds like a sub-locality of Miami that, like, they stay smaller, they have a slightly different scale count, they lay a lot more like a lot more eggs but smaller eggs and all these different things that would like potentially make them a different species um so i mean there's always that potential like that possibility and i think keys is probably the best example because i mean i can spot a keys corn a mile away and be like that has keys ancestry in it whereas like Ocoti or even sometimes Miami I'm like eh, maybe it does maybe it doesn't it could be could not be but like Keys is so different um it's so easy to to see that at least you know when you, you know what to look for um but like even the head shape of a lot of like original Keys is very much it's very rat snake-ish very much more than like a typical corn snake So, um, I mean, it's, keys are now considered to be corn snakes and I think that it's possible that they actually were a different species at some point, but, um, you know, there was, there's so much interbreeding in the wild that it's like, why are we, why is this considered a different species? Like, oh, they're just, they're breeding in the wild. So like, you know, there's, there's other hybrids and integrates that have happened in the wild too. But I think that with the rosy rats and your typical corn snake, it happens so often that, they they were just deemed to be
1: the same species one that i love is the slowinski which is the um mm-hmm. tactically i guess i forget what they call it whatever whatever corn snake or slowinski's corn snake maybe is what they call it, mm-hmm. it makes <laughs> sense. but cool. um you know it was known as an integrate between an emery and a corn snake but later they decide it's a separate species of or an integrated between an emery and a western rat snake, or something in between there, or an emery mm-hmm. and, a, and a corn snake. So, But someone decided it's enough genetic you know, deviation from a corn snake to be its own
2: species. So. But it came from a corn snake.
1: Uh, it's debated. Everyone thought that it was an integrated between... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you know. It's a, Is it an emery and a corn snake? I believe it's an emery and a corn snake.
0: Uh, I thought it was em- emery, emery, emery and... Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm not sure. I know that there was some Emory, but I don't remember what the other is. I almost like they did think that it was a subspecies of corn snake, but I can't remember if it ended up being an integrate between a corn snake and an embryo or if it's something else. I really don't remember.
1: Yeah, but. They upgraded they in like the late 90s and called it Pantherophis Lewinskii which Mm -hmm. it's, like, very interesting because it looks like a corn snake, acts like a corn snake. Well, that shows you what
2: names do, like how much names have an effect on, you know, the reptile community and everything, and, like, people are like, oh, okay, he named it this, well, must be a different species, okay. Yeah, and they pretty much did that
0: with gray banded kings, I hear, also. Um, I hear that gray bandits are really a a hybrid between, like, uh, I don't even remember, I think... I think the variable king and something else, um, and then they just like Max, you said Max
1: had, and something else, or
0: maybe yeah, I can't I can't really remember. I just remember that like they were originally just a, an integrate between two other species, but then like they just ended up calling it a different species, which is why gray banded kings are so, so variable. variable. Yeah, I mean you can. You know, I mean, they grey banded Grey Banded Kings are super weird because when people talk about like localities of Grey Bandits, they're like, the locality is, you know, two miles south of mile marker eighty on this road. Like, I mean, that's how specific the the locality is for Grey Bandits. Son.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, we I mean, we live in Texas, so that's like religion here. If you go to a reptile show and see gray bands, this is from Nine Mile. This is from whatever, whatever due west of Sanderson. This is from yeah, west Sanderson. This is from too whatever much. cut. There's specific
2: too much. cuts that they go Get to. At it. No. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's way too much.
1: <laughs> and it seems like there can be different, all these phenotypes at the same locale.
2: Even, so then what's the point? The right? If it they don't if really that, matter, we just make it up. If that specific locality is it going to make it look different, then who cares? It's a generality <laughs> for the
1: most part. <laughs> who, if you're going to have
2: different, 15 but... different looks in that one nine mile marker,
1: it's pointless. I know, we're all yeah. making this stuff up. I don't know, man we pretty much are
0: I think Alterna alterna are the only ones that have like a kind of specific look but as far as grey wishes. here,
2: Evan loves his Alterna but I think yeah. he's he left um, I mean th- what is
1: weird because people look in grey bands whether it's the large like Blair's face orange and grey or there's even ones that are straight up grey and black with little speckles mm-hmm. down them almost like a mex-mex and then there's just so much variation. That's there. why it's just so silly to try to pinpoint it. They're so cool, it. though, and it's cool that you're trying to do your own thing and make your own projects and stay to locales. I respect that. That's yeah, me being
2: silly, I guess. But anyway. um, I hate to end this. I have. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> Sorry. our time is. come I have up, homework to do. Do you have do. any
1: last questions for Sarah?
2: Um, I know what
1: the last question is.
2: I mean, we have the last, last question we always ask. I have a question: Are you from Indiana? Yep, born and raised. Unfortunately,
1: (laughs) very neutral. I wasn't going to say that (laughs) compared to you know. Can you You tell? You know what a Indiana
2: accent is? I I don't know if you
1: listen to like um, Justin Geyer, he's from Southern Indiana. You can tell he's not from
2: (laughs) someplace else. Yeah, you can tell.
0: It's super weird because, like, my aunt lives in Indy, like Indianapolis, and I live in Fort Wayne, and it's like a two-hour drive, but she has an accent. Like, you can tell she has a southern accent, and, like, to me, she has a southern accent, And but I'm not far north enough to have, like, a northern accent, so it's, like,
1: just sort of whatever. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, That's fair. put all your stuff out there. Um, do you have anything else other than a Facebook page? What's your Facebook page, all that other stuff, so people can get in touch with you? Uh,
0: well, my Facebook page is, is Sarah's Snake Shop <laughs> uh, on Facebook. And I do have a YouTube channel. Um, it's SC Martin 27 I made it when I was, like, 14 and just, like, kept the stupid name. Um, but I occasionally look it on there and uh, just make videos about, um, you know, breeding projects and stuff like that. I have an Instagram, uh, joy, princess, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's another like, sort of, I made that when I was 14 and just never changed (laughs) it. Um, So you can follow me on Instagram, joy, princess, Sarah. And other than face, I mean, that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not too social media savvy. I have a Twitter, but don't even try.
1: (laughs) send pictures of your ball pythons ask her what morph it is and send her eyeball pictures
3: <laughs> do, not, do not do that do not do that
1: <laughs> corn snake id morph page whatever yes. you can do i mean i see that you are active on like corn snake the all the cool corn snake groups and stuff like that i think people need to look that stuff up on facebook if you're not already into it because we're all there just hanging out. I don't really post on there because, like, people are smarter than me. Like, <laughs> people are much better at core snakes than me. But um, our stuff is PorcityPythons, PorcityPythons.com, Poor pythons on Instagram, Poor City pythons on well, YouTube. YouTube
2: Poor City pythons on Facebook.
1: Facebook. You know where it's at.
2: Um. Wait, someone just asked, is it S C Martin 27 Yes.
1: There you yeah. go. David, someone
2: read
0: Yes. SC is yeah. in Sarah Catherine
1: Yes
2: someone but found you, but you your real
0: last quick.
1: name's not Martin No
0: that was my fake last name because when I was young I didn't
2: want people to be able to find me
1: <laughs> I mean that's good to keep the creeps away
2: <laughs> that's pretty funny.
1: Is it hard being a female in the reptile game? Okay that's
2: not a last question I'm
1: curious now I
2: know but I have homework
1: <laughs> but I'm curious
2: I'll make it quick. I'll make yeah. it quick the answer is yes.
1: Do you get snake pictures of all types? Oh, Oh,
0: God. Oh, God. Oh, man. So um, I'm on these occasionally on try dating sites. And when I tell people that I'm a snake breeder, they don't take it the way that they should. And, you know, I get like the trouser snake joke all the time. Although, like, I usually have a pretty good comeback because one time I hatched a snow corn snake that only had one eye. And so I was like, and I named it One-Eyed Willie. And so like anytime that I would get any uh, unsolicited uh, photos, I'd be like, well, check out my one-eyed pink snake. And I'd send a picture <laughs> yeah. of
3: that. Like, like,
0: <laughs> and it would usually like they would never talk to me again, which is probably why I'm single. <laughs> but that's okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can throw um, those guys out anyway, though, right? Yeah.
0: Anyone who gives you, know, <laughs> yeah, you that much.
1: trouser snake joke.
0: Oh, gross. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is it can be difficult because I know that I'm not taken nearly as seriously as, as men who have been in the business, even not as long as me. Like I've I've been doing this for six years and I get guys who have been doing it for like six months and they they treat me like I don't know anything. And that that can really suck. But um, I mean, like I said before, most of my uh, customer base are women and they really appreciate having a strong, like, matriarch in the corn snake community. Um, and, of course, I wouldn't consider myself the matriarch. Kathy loves the matriarch. She's the queen. I'm sure. the princess.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> my, my name actually means princess, so. You well, need to publish a go. book
1: so you can become the princess so I can learn how yes.
0: to. <laughs> Identify snake morphs.
1: <laughs> yeah, snake morphs. So people can message me, and then I can refer them to a book instead of the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Here, ask Sarah the same question that she's answered five hundred times.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, see, you're seasoned at it. We
0: love what
2: you're doing, and <laughs> I love what you're doing. I appreciate you guys having this podcast. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, it's of been course. Awesome. Anytime. We hope to to be able to identify one day as good as you.
1: <laughs> I'll send you when I hatch <laughs> stuff out. I'll be like, "What the fuck is this?"
2: And then you'll what tell me, "Oh, you know, it has
1: this and this in it." Otherwise, yeah. I don't really know.
2: And we're definitely interested to see your projects. 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 Don't know. I was oh, trying to say people. projects next year, and I mixed the
1: And we're going to need some halos, and then I'll put Tesser in it like I do everything else. Yeah. They would be
2: gorgeous. They would be And gorgeous. then we'll sell them to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, for like $400 a piece. <laughs> we'll buy your halo <laughs> put some Tesser in it, and then sell them back to you. There you go.
1: That's line breeding. Best between the two. Pretty much. Us yeah
2: okay for real
1: for real thank you guys everyone who's listening thank you so much for listening we will catch you next week later yes and we're we're still oh shit